What's going on, niggas and friends? It's another day in Black History Month, and I am yep. your boy, Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. And we are your two favorite friendly neighborhood Casa Negros here for the Jigsaw Podcast, your favorite podcast, where we talk about how we navigate the craziest puzzle piece ever created. But in particular, we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pump of circumstance of being black men just trying to figure this thing called life out. Brian. Yes. How are you? Man, it's a great day to be black, man. Yes, it is. I, I see you're radiating black. black joy. That's I'm what your radiating says. black joy. I'm excited. My skin looks like it's just glowing. And it does. It's I feel like you did something. Yeah. I feel like you figured out something. Yeah. You know what you figured out? What did I figure out? That you wanted to get your lesson. You want to be smart in school. <laughs> get it close to God. So you got away from the drugs. <laughs> you got away from the in crowd. And you got it close to God. You found you a church on. <laughs> That's the only way. That's the only way. Speaking of church homes, we mm. are still on our tour. Okay, you did you go to um We went nowhere else but in Mississippi. With okay. Apostle Brian Meadows. So you went there we last Sunday? Not be going. No, we did not go there last Sunday. Okay. Um Pray for my wife and her family. Her grandfather did transition. Oh, um, so plain. she was up in the Minnesota area and her flight got back Sunday um, around like noonish. Mm-hmm. And but we live like 40 ish minutes from the airport. Church starts at 11. Made no sense to go and sit there for right. 10 minutes. So, um, yeah. So uh, rest up to him. We can do that kind of formally mm-hmm. when we move over there. But yeah. Um, yeah, so we didn't. So the plan last week, though, however, was not to go to embassy anyway. Okay, I was going to go until I realized what time Ashley's flight got in. Excuse me, I was going to go because um, the, the plan is to go to Smoky Church. Mm-hmm. So he left Jones Creek. He left where y'all live. Okay, he claimed a little bit closer to the city, not too much closer, but closer. It makes a difference. If you're in Atlanta, you know this makes a big difference. John Creek to Perimeter is a big difference. Oh, huge difference. <laughs> huge difference. Yeah. So he's in Perimeter now. So we were going to go there. But I didn't want, since we're on this church tour, I didn't want to visit a new church without Asha. Um, so that was the reason why I didn't go. Now, she was supposed to go back out of town this coming Friday. I think she changed the flight. So I was going to go over there with um, Bishop Brown. They're talking here about the Magnificent Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I still <laughs> might. Is this the last Sunday in November? No, we'll miss next Sunday. Dang. I might go there this Sunday. I might go there this Sunday just because I want to catch one. I just want to catch a piece of that sermon series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want the saints to get too excited about my me and my family showing up. But <laughs> I do want to catch one of those sermon series. I might keep my braids in because I was going to take them on Saturday. Might keep them in for Sunday so they can think that I'm extra sinful and they'll leave me alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, I do want, I just want to catch one of those sermons. Um, but the plan is to visit Pastor Norfolk. Um, so we might hop on there first Sunday in March if we go to Greater Communities coming Sunday. But you know, we got a few things on our list. I'll tell you why um embassy is not like number one anymore. Nothing, nothing terrible happened. Okay. It's just some some things that we put into consideration. Um, but it's still on the list. It's still on the list. Okay. But that but that's me. Help us what's going on with you in your life. <laughs> nothing, man. Just uh just came back from the Bahamas recently for work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'll be doing the real. Okay, you know, look you at you. Take, Travel. I'm trying, trying to do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to do better. Uh, it, it will take me some time to put that reel together, but I will mm-hmm. do one. 
Shouts out to Jasmine and Chris. Um, that's pretty much it, man. I'm back. I'm about to go back out of town on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, just same old stuff. Just exhausted as always, but uh, just working through some things. I'll probably take some time off next week. Um, still trying to find another place to call home as a JOB. <clears throat> mm. uh, so mm. things are looking solid. Are they looking we'll up and stuff? They're looking up. Um, up and it's up and it's up and it's up. That's what Cardi said. Yep. So if, if everything does well, goes well, then, um, you know, we'll be able to celebrate in a mighty way. Celebrate good times. Come on. I think it was say celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. Okay. Nope. <laughs> that wasn't, was not where I was going. <laughs> I think, the, I think the white church sings that. Celebrate, yeah, no, that was like I don't know what that is. I know Ted Sheeran celebrate. 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 <laughs> bum, bum. That's mm-hmm. a good song though. Mm-hmm. At the end, it goes in. <laughs> they go up, don't they? It goes like Like it just it goes hard. So shouts out to that. You want to hear something interesting? Okay. So I went to my youngest son's school's Black History program. Oh, okay. And um. They had a white little boy play Barry Gordy. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Inclusivity. They did. <laughs> they did. They had two white girls as members of the Commodores. Um, <laughs> as a person who does DNI, how did you feel? I about- was texting Asher like, what <laughs> is happening? <laughs> Now I'm all for because it was hosted by the drama club, so you couldn't exclude the you know the white children, right? But Barry Gordy was the lead character <laughs> in the show. They oh, did like child. a Motown thing, mm-hmm. um, and it was a cute little play. So like Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson was like the two um, like secret professors, and all the like stars were attending their classes and learning mm-hmm. about Black History along the way. They posted the end with a talent show, like which group was going to get a Motown contract. So it was mm-hmm. like a cute little concept. I was like, okay, was I get cute. this. This was cute. cute. But it made Barry Gordy. Oh, and <laughs> Smokey Robinson was played by a cute little chocolate girl. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> if these things aren't the complete opposite of all these real life characters. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but I'm like, as your main character, like, I'm cool with the black girl being Smokey Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Do your right. thing, black girl. But this little white boy <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with a shag haircut, too, <laughs> as as Barry Gordy. <laughs> I was, oh, and then they had a very, very white boy play Marvin Gaye <laughs> with with a racially ambiguous um young young lady as Tammy Terrell. <laughs> it was just it was if if this was the Rainbow Coalition of Black History <laughs> programs, and I just that's I was, funny. The good thing about it was great music in between each interlude. They played um, um, "Never Too Much." They played "Isn't She mm-hmm. Lovely." They played "Love and Happiness." So it was like great music. They mm-hmm. did an awesome job tributing that era of music. I was just and the <laughs> and the opening part of the play was very reminiscent of when Nancy Pelosi and them kneeled in the Kente Claw. Because they had a group of praise dance girls, and fifty percent of those dance. girls was white with kente wrapped all around them. Jesus, I was like, my biggest, the biggest thing that I was thinking through with them white girls in the kente club was, what is their mom and dad out there thinking with these babies? <laughs> I know they out there born. Don't you put that back on? Ever. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it was, I will say, it was well done. Jaden's teacher is the drama club like lead. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gray's great. He's a staple in our house. Jaden loves that man. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it was, it was, it was, yeah, he's black. He's black. And just okay. Jaden's second year. So Jaden absolutely ecstatic to have him. So, uh, and we support it because Asha told me that the Christmas pro- program when they did the Grinch mm-hmm. packed out gymnasium. Wow. Black History Month, half of that, about 40% yes. of that crowd. Mm. So that's one. I was trying to figure out why Ashley was like pressing me to come to this thing, and they never want our children is play. <laughs> I'm like, why am I driving to East Atlanta to, to watch to watch this play? Mm. But it was very well done, very okay. well done. It was just very interesting to see these white kids play just these very historic black, black <laughs> these black, I mean, black figures. That'd be like um, a white person playing Kunta Kinte. Listen, oh, and, and oh, and this is the thing, and you you know how I feel about Miss Gladys Knight. Mm-hmm. A white woman. Oh, <laughs> a white little girl. And she sang my song. She came through it. Really? Proved so, too much for them. I was so like, did they sing for real? Or like, um, they they like... lip synced. They lip synced. Okay. A few of the kids okay. had the mic on. I think the kids probably really learned their parts. Okay. They didn't have the mic. We'll sing along with the track. Um, but the majority of them lip synced. Oh, and then they ended it with, uh, it was like, I have an idea. Instead of a competition, we decided to use our voice to come together. And they say, Michael Jackson, we are the world. <laughs> that was the only corny part. Because <laughs> I was like, that was much further in Michael's career. But mm-hmm. I'll let y'all have it. <laughs> so appropriate, though. Just the Rainbow it, it Coalition. Was, it was really, like, in terms world. of the, like, the play and the theme of it, it was super appropriate. It just was kind of like a big jump in time. <laughs> That's funny. But it was it was cool. It was cool. But speaking of celebrations, we okay. celebrated something amazing this past Sunday. We did. That we do in, in 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 American culture, and that is the football. Yes, we do. Now I will say I am a man of honesty and integrity. I got on the interwebs and I told y'all that I believe Jalen Hurts, um, the man of Omega South. I should have known because he was Omega. He wasn't gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> but that's but I said <laughs> that's what was gonna happen. And Patrick Mahomes, um. The, the biracial black man mm-hmm. came in and with a broken ankle. Mm-hmm. They say it was scripted. That's what the, that's what the whole tip said. said. It was scripted. The whole tip said it was scripted and ain't no way. And I heard some guys in the gym say, I played football and I got that shot. And I didn't feel like that. I couldn't run no 30 yards. So, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so any thoughts from you, brother? Were you rooting for anybody in particular? Or I, was just... defi- I was definitely rooting for Jalen Hurts. Like, if I'm rooting okay. for a quarterback, I'm rooting for the black quarterback with the black woman. Mm. It is what it is. As okay. Dr. Umar say, <laughs> Here we go, black queens forever. Power. Yeah, <laughs> it's no bunnies now. No bunnies never. Yeah, no bunnies never. <laughs> so I was for Jalen Hurts, and and honestly, I think I'm a Panthers fan, but I'm Cam is no longer in the league. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is my guy. Okay, QB he's one your, in Philly black, is my he's guy. Your great black white. My great black great hope. Black he's, hope he's, right now. he's hella black. He's Greek. He wears freaking Jordans. He wears Jordan ones and Jordan Elevens to play football in. I saw um, Jordan Cleats. Those were nice. <laughs> nice. Um, he's he's a he's a great quarterback. He's the underdog. Um, people counted him out. Um, so I'm definitely he's definitely got I'm rooting for. So sound like I'm, the Saints. They count us out. <laughs> he's shocked. <laughs> so I'm still a Panthers fan, but okay. I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. So if Jalen Hurts does well and wins Super Bowl every year here and out, I will definitely celebrate that. Um, and if he's in the area. I will go see Jalen Hurts. So I okay, yeah. So Jalen Hurts, uh, I hate that he didn't win because he was the better player. He was the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Look at it, he was the better quarterback. Um, and you know, I just feel like he did an amazing job, outstanding job. And, I, and prayerfully, it's hard for for the losing quarterback to get back to the Super Bowl. Mm. Prayerfully, um, they can get back. Um, but Patrick went back. They lost to Los Angeles, didn't they? A while uh, ago. 
They they know they lost no, to the Los Patriots. Angeles played Buffalo. Yeah, Los yes. Angeles. Los Angeles beat Rams. The beat the 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 Bengals. The bang. Okay, Rams well, Bengals. Okay, the the uh, Patrick Mahomes lost to the Buccaneers. Okay, when Tom uh, Brady was still Tom shooting. Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we know, but the script, you know, is always going in Tom Brady's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so yeah, that's I'm, I'm definitely gonna root for Jalen Hurts going out uh, for here on out. So he's my favorite football player in the league right now. But that's not why most of us was at the Super Bowl. We was there for Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. To, to lift us up and lay me down. Hold me close. <laughs> um, and I'm so glad she did not sing that. I'm going to tell you this. I'm okay. going to save a nice bit of my commentary for the greater conversation because I have okay. quite a bit to say to you niggas okay. um, concerning your opinions about Riri. And y'all know I do not go up for Riri like that. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the group chat knows a few things of how I feel about Rihanna, which I will never discuss on this here podcast. Yeah, especially your, how, mom, your mom listens to the show. How, <laughs> however... <laughs> However, I do appreciate Rihanna as an artist. I appreciate what she's done. I think her performance proved that she she legit got the hits. I didn't really like I was singing Does. every song. Does. And she was singing live. She still ain't nobody's vocalist. But she sounded like she sounded like her records. Like, you know what I'm saying? She sounded well. She looked great. Um, the medley that she put, that live band. That was that was good. And um the their they were good the whole time, but their performance of Umbrella, when them drums and stuff start breaking down, Reverend, I said, y'all used to play at church. I can mm-hmm. take <laughs> They were good. Mm-hmm. Um, but more people view Rihanna at the, at the halftime than they are at the game. Listen, I, and it was honestly, actually a really good game. It was yeah, it was a good game. Nick, a lot of scoring, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, it was it was definitely a good game. Um, I I went to go eat after some point because I was like, I can't take the pressure. But um, she, mm-hmm. Rihanna did a wonderful job in my she opinion. But I guess we can leave it for later. But if you're gonna talk about it, but I feel like um, for the circumstances surrounding it, for the fact that she hasn't toured oh, yeah. or mm-hmm. done any live performances or really hasn't done any music that we know of in seven years, she did a <laughs> wonderful job, and she has she has the hits right. Oftentimes we put a pit her against Beyonce. Right, she probably would never have the Beyonce catalog, but she has a amazing she has catalog. An amazing catalog. Amazing catalog. We've said it before. If in if Beyonce could go on a versus with anybody, it would only be, I feel like, a Rihanna, her modern day yeah. contemporary, in terms of like back to back hits. Um, and especially they, what they only had to do 15, 20 songs. Yeah, 20, 20 songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rihanna can give us easy. easy. Um, she gave us like 12, 13 of them Sunday. Right. <laughs> And it's wild that that Rihanna, we I never saw from Ponda Replay or whatever the first song she had, I never saw this multi. Oh yeah, I never thought she would be this person. Billion, yeah, a I, billionaire. Even when she Umbrella, right? Robin Robin, was, Robin Fenty is a darn billionaire. Shouts out to Jay Z, <laughs> who who championed Kanye West and Rihanna. They're mm-hmm. both billionaires. And LeBron low key because he's with Rock That's, Sports. Yeah, Rock Nation. So like, he, ain't that in his God did verse when he calls it out? Was that another verse? I think so. God okay. did. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But shouts out to Jay Z making billionaires out here. So listen, shouts listen. out to him. Okay. Um, oh. Shirley Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> A tenor extraordinaire. Listen, <laughs> she told us when she started That's- marching. <laughs> When she started marching in real time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Ashes tried to clown Shirley Ralph, and I said, well, what, what, what we're not going to do is not there either. would not be any Shirley Ralph slander in this house. <laughs> but there was the same woman who told mm-hmm. Rita mm-hmm. <laughs> that singing does, does not. not put food on the table. <laughs> singing does not pay the bills. People are still out there singing that they should have, could have, would have, Brian. <laughs> but mama. She told, she told her the choir and the competition are out. <laughs> and she told her, and if you butt mama with you one more time. <laughs> Ooh. And when That's- Sister Mary Frances came to that house, she told her, oh, I won't be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how. Out of all the roles that she has played in her life, that yeah. is probably the most iconic the- role that she's ever played. And she was probably in front of the camera for a total of 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> that, scene, that scene, when she answered the door, and then when she came into the concert, that was it. <laughs> she walked in, and we, Lauren Hill ain't been at the perform since. On time. That's why, that's why she always stalled. <laughs> that's exactly why she gets stuck every time. <laughs> jo- joyful, joyful. Lord, no, we adore thee. <sighs> what did you think about okay. the national anthem? Chris, that white man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. I prior to the Super Bowl, I was mm-hmm. familiar with Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Like knew of his music, had mm-hmm. never really dived into I don't do country like that. Yeah, yeah. However, Sunday before Super Bowl, Chris Stapleton got on the stage with Steve Lynn Wonder mm-hmm. and did a tribute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment I knew, oh, that white boy gonna sing us on the national <laughs> He got out there with that musty beard and that guitar, mm-hmm. and he plucked away. It got churchy a little bit. It got I churchy. Said, I, I said, "All right, Stapleton." <laughs> Stapleton was assemblies of God. <laughs> he grew up in holiness. He grew up. Listen, that man sang that. Did and, you hear he, the- was, he was so authentic to himself and his roots oh, yeah. too. Like I, it was. I, Oh. I know we root for everybody black, but I appreciated Mr. Stapleton. Well, I did. But I also root for I root for Stapleton because he roots for black people. Like when it was a whole the Black Lives Matter movement, he spoke up, stood up. He lost hell of fans um, because he stood ten toes down on on the importance of Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. And he's in country, like that's the thing that you know, right? There, that's probably the most racist brand. Probably. Music you see how they did Mickey Guyton? Yeah. Um, so. He's saying, but did you hear the, the churchy version that they did? They put the organ behind them? I haven't. I've seen the clip. I haven't mm. pressed play on it yet. It's, so I, it's, I'm going to go. It's good. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's good. Okay. I don't know if we have enough time to play it on here, but it's it's solid. It's okay. solid. And, it, and, it, and, and you might turn up. I'll rev back in a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll stir you up. I got stirred. Okay. I got stirred. I don't, you got stirred off the Star Spangled Banner. No, I got stirred off of the organ <laughs> and Chris Stapleton singing. Did you see them white men crying over the Star Spangled Banner on the sideline? There's no way in the God's green ever I'm gonna ever cry over that race. Not a chance. Not not a a chance in Hades. If you want, you think Harry Tubman never smiled before? She was (laughs) frowning right then. The ancestors were. They they should have rose up and (laughs) rise up and got him. Do you understand me? What, sir? Never would I cry over the national anthem. The national anthem. Over oh, the Star Spangled Banner, child, please. All right, no, thank you. Anyway, um, song of the week. Uh, before we get to song of the week, bless up. Okay, uh, it's going to be a bless up. That's oh, an early for the bless Super up. Bowl. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Uh, so we're going to bless up Autumn Lockwood real quick. Uh, assistant Pete sports Valley. performance coach. 
Not her. Okay. <laughs> I don't That's know. That's the only artist I know. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Uh, she's the assistant sports performance coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. She was the first black woman coach in the Super Bowl. Got it. So even though we we, we do our blessing a little differently now, so we mm-hmm. kind of do our brands and stuff like that. So definitely want to shout her out. So we're talking yes. about the Super Bowl. Bless her to Autumn Lockwood. Sis. First black woman uh, coach in the Super Bowl. So kiss two fingers to the sky. Oh, All right. Yes. So yes. Um, it was interesting to kind of figure out a song. Um for the song of the week. Okay. okay. Um, I don't know if I want to go with the theme, okay. which is the topic of deserving. Okay. Um, go with what your heart says. Or go black, another black anthem. Please don't play Smokey Robinson. It's dope. What? <laughs> no, I'm not playing Smokey Okay, because you said you was going to play it. I was just like, Lord, please let him forget that. Oh, no. <laughs> I did forget it. <laughs> thank, okay. you for, thank you for reminding me not to play that. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I could have took it on this here night. <laughs> um, so let me let me see what I'm gonna do. Gang banging was his song. Not it was gang banging, <laughs> and for many reasons, let's never. Speaking of gang banging, okay, I'm for the gang banging. Um, okay. I ran across this movie on Hulu called Three Way, and it's you sure kind it was of like on Hulu. <laughs> it was on Hulu. Okay, it, it might like, have been on your smartphone. It's called Three Way. Okay, and it is if it's like insecure, but with, get on, get, get but with scenes mic. that uh, may be a little risque. Let me tell you get that. Off this mic, so, <laughs> not like insecure, but it, I'm telling you, it, it gives an insecure vibe. Can we pause but, real quick? That Tubi commercial was genius. When I tell you, I thought my TV was glitching. I said, who is changing the channel? And why do they want to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I, I was going crazy. <laughs> I missed it. I, I, Bruh, I was talking about it on it the internet. It was so re- Like, they took the actual commentators, and they were, like, talking, like, it was, like, random, but it applied. And then it, like, switched to, like, YouTube TV. And I have YouTube TV, and it switched. Mm-hmm. And then it went to another app and started playing Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like the Angelina joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's going on? And then it, like, then it turned into a commercial. It was genius, but it was... Weird. Oh, it had, it had me tweaking. I need to go check it out. I, I heard yeah. people was was it got the people going. No, for real. Especially if you have YouTube TV, like mm-hmm. it it definitely had you going. But go ahead. Okay. So song of the week. Song of the week. Should I use deserve as within a word? Go with or your should heart. I do a black anthem? Go with your heart. I think I might do a black anthem. What does the spirit say? Let's let's go here. We gonna do we gonna do this. Okay. We're gonna do this, and it's I'm just because long it's a black anthem, bang. and it, and and it and it can't go wrong. There's okay. no song better than this. Okay. okay, no song better than that. Okay, it's it's, it's a it's a tough one. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Ain't too many more better than that. Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I never knew what it is that you do to me. Mm-hmm. But it calls me. Such a crazy way. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that you do, when you do, what you do. Don't find us. Uh, it's a feeling that I want to stay. Because what my, what my heart started doing, Coco? <laughs> With the thoughts of what? Oh. Mm-hmm. When the cause and cure. 
you the cause and the cure. Well, then what happens? You get what? Weak. I lose control. Take over me. me. Amazing love. Same time. That's George wife, y'all. <laughs> love and makes me weak. That is, you, sh- you should know. Weak by SWV. That is weak. That is not I strength. Have- it is weak. <laughs> that was on my heart. I was, yeah. I was this close to playing some Sounds of Blackness. So be optimistic. optimistic. <laughs> oh, that would I believe in the power. Like all oh, that sounds, sounds what a choir name. Sounds of blackness. As long as you keep your, your head, head to, to the, the sky, sky, you Ooh. can win. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. The choir is called Sounds of Blackness. Hold on. <laughs> Since we're here. Since we are here. Since we're here. Of blackness. Hold on. Is this one? <laughs> there it is. What an intro. <laughs> In the midst of trouble. <laughs> it is so long. It, it is so long. Can't play music all day, but that sounds two, two, two songs of the week. Weak and sweet. Optimistic by Sounds of Blackness. You can win. This will be out of college episode. Only if you keep your head <laughs> the to the sky. Sounds of blackness. Sounds of blackness. <laughs> I wonder can we get some of them on the podcast? Listen, <laughs> they ain't doing it. And Nesby, they were gonna get on here. No, I love Miss. <laughs> I only like Ann Nesby and my interpretation. She, she was so good in that movie. Mm. What was the black dude from uh what he was black? The dude that sang in one of the Medea plays, he was from Sounds of Blackness. I don't know his name. You know Tyler Perry go find all the non acting the non working actors and bring them. Shots out to Cheryl Pepsi the Riley. <laughs> Ryan, you ready to get to some black excellence in the Blessed Report? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> The name always just trips me up. I just it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And I feel like she was supposed to be a a popular person before Tyler Perry. I I don't know any of her works. 
she was as popular as they thought Billy Ocean would have been in the eighties. Go ahead. Oh, my God. All right. So <laughs> here we are, the blessing report, right? And within theme, we're we're blessing of every nigga deserves, right? Okay. I have absolutely no clue when Who every did. nigga deserves was created. Well, who the founder is. is. <laughs> we don't know. But the company and social media page looks to be uh, for niggas by niggas. It looks like one of us made it, right? I would be so offended if a, if a white man made niggas deserve. Like, that, would, mm-hmm. that would be heartbreaking. Like African um, pride grease. <laughs> right. <laughs> With them little seeds in it, that pomade. It smells so good, though. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Uh, so every nigga deserves, you know, provide us with daily affirmations that look to inspire. Yeah, merch is aimed at pushing the culture forward. Every nigga deserves provide a provides a dose of reassurance and support that we didn't know that we needed. I literally wake up every day and I'm looking forward to that nigga deserves post. I'm probably gonna I usually post or repost it because it really just yeah. speaks to me every single day. And understanding the need for mental health or, or, or uh, strong mental health, uh, every nigga deserve also has a YouTube page. That offers yoga instruction, meditation, music, and positive vibes to help uh, to uh, help you give you the rest and relaxation that us niggas need to deal with white supremacy every single day. Right. Um, so check it out. I really, I definitely went on to the YouTube page. Um, I'm talking about great. If you like doing yoga, if you like meditation, um, if you just want chill vibe music that just makes you just feel good, I'm telling you, go out there, check out the YouTube page, check out the IG. Every nigga deserves. Um, check out the website everynickadeserves.com. They have merch. They have different drops and different times of season with merch drops. Um, so please check them out. I definitely support them. Um, again, Lord, please, 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 please let the people behind them actually be black. Um, but I do believe they are. Uh, we hope so, so bless up to every nigga deserves. Bless up to my niggas. Bless up. All right, rest up. Um, so David, if the mother Jude, goes, I'm down for my name. That just that just that hit me real quick. I don't know where that oh, came from. Go ahead, so that's a great good. song. That's, I like you know I like aggressive. So I'm down for no limit. All right, for the call. Dog. Big dog. Oh, it's so and if good. anybody mess with Snoop Doggy Dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, it's oh, a good. Another song of the week, but that is a good. I like aggressive. Black people, we we here for some anthems. We are, and, <laughs> and that's that's, a, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Yep, the mother niggas, because I ride for my niggas. Because I ride for mine. <laughs> mm. Another song that really gets me going is is Never Scared. Pop, you know, pop the trunk. That one, you know, it gives me very, <laughs> it gives me very slave hymnal. <laughs> Cause I'm outside of the club and you think I'm a part. I'll be like, if you don't get to it, bone crusher. <laughs> Away from me. One hit kids. wonder. Oh, I thought uh, I told you, I told you. Girl, go away. I like that song. Listen, right. but that is a very Brian Hare song. I, I, it doesn't surprise me. It does. Murder, mayhem, misogyny. It is what it is. Him, no. All wrapped in a hymn. That's that's what it is. <laughs> Speaking of hymns and songs that the black people love, okay. Uh, rest up to David Jude Jolicoeur. I think I may pronounce that incorrectly or correctly. Hopefully, uh, also known as the stage name or other stage name as Truology the Dove, Plug My Two, and Dave. Uh, he is an American rapper producer, best known as one third of the hip hop group De La Soul in Josh's. 
He does not know. Please forgive me. This man could have walked down the street and I wouldn't have no idea who he was. Sorry to that man. Sorry to that man. And his family. I'm so sorry. Along with other members of De La Soul, he was a member of the Native Tongues Collective. He's a Grammy winner. And is is well respected. That's a minute, man. You can't be. What? That's a collective name. Native tongue. The Native tongue collected. I like that. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about that. That stood me up in my spirit, man, real quick. The native tongues. <laughs> yeah, so Native tongues basically. Ooh, oh, all right. Come, come, come forth. Go make me get my Bishop Mason tongues out on that one. Ooh, that thing stirred me. I don't know what that did. Something it, on it, that. It, it <laughs> took you up. You can't talk about that. It took you up. Um, they were sanctified too. They are. Yeah, you don't name stuff like that unless you grew up in a church. Mm-hmm. So I know you know the songs. I know I probably can recognize a De La Soul song. You can. I'm gonna I'm gonna play one for you. You should be able to recognize it. Yeah. Here it goes. Engine engine number nine. Ain't that have to start up? Engine engine number ain't that it? Um similar cadence. Mirror, 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 mirror on the <laughs> <laughs> what was I singing? <laughs> yes. Who says engine engine number nine? I don't know. Is that lyrics to something? No. Engine engine number nine. Going down the nothing dot. If the train goes off the track, pick it up, pick it up. I feel it's like that was that's some yeah, that's something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just wrong song. Okay. I feel like who is I don't know who says that, but I feel it's like okay. that is a that is a hip hop song. Okay. So, I, um Wrong, wrong group. Anyway, yes, yeah, they lost. But uh, Dave, he died, he passed away unfortunately at the age yes. of fifty four. So rest yeah. up to him and his rest up. rest up to him, and prayers out to his family. Another special rest up. I'm gonna throw it over to you, um, because you have a rest up in your family. Yeah. So um, I, I mentioned last week and earlier in the show that um, Ashley's grandfather having sick. She's really, really, really close with him. Um, he transitioned. Um, just this past weekend at the age of 81 years old, Mr. James Beasley, um, great man, great family man, left a great legacy, entrepreneur, owned his own um, cleaners there, um, and just 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 a really great person, all-around person. So Ashley and my wife, super, super close to her grandfather. Um, so as you can imagine, it's, it is a tough time for her in the midst of this. We'll be going up there next week. Um, to celebrate his life and to honor him, and you know the way that we do a black folk, we gonna have a funeral, we gonna we gonna eat, we eat the chicken, we gonna, mm-hmm. we gonna do all the things. Um, so just keep um, the Beasley, Wilson, um, and Rogers family in your prayers, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. rest up to Mister Beasley. All right, all right. So rest mm-hmm. up, uh, uh to Joy. Sorry, I'm, I'm not that well. I'm gonna say rest up, David. Uh, rest up, uh, Mister Beasley. Uh, and prayers go out to also the people that got gunned down in Michigan State. Shouts out to y'all. Oh, yeah. Definitely prayers up to those people. Yeah. And bless up. Um, rest up to them and prayers to those families for sure. Yep. Rest up. Rest up. All right. Um, billboard, Joshua? Let's bunny hop on over. So the billboard, all in the name, names <laughs> SZA, S-Z-A, Woman of the Year. After dominating 2002 with the viral TikTok tracks, her first 22, Grammy win, sorry. 22. I, I, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, first Grammy win. And of course, her seven week Billboard 200 chart topping sophomore album. S- Brian, what does SOS actually? I know what it means, but what does, do the letters actually stand for anything? 
I think it does. I don't know though. I can't. I can't hold you to that. Like, I'm not about to get up here on this internet okay. line. I, I mean, uh, I know it means it. like emergency and all that help, but like, well, just SOS actually. Anyway, um, SZA has officially been named Billboard's Woman of the Year. The honor will be Save given. Save Sorry. Oh. Oh. Okay. Save our ship. Okay. All right. Um, the honor will be given to Billboard Women in Music Awards, which will take place March at the YouTube Theater in Holly Park, Los Angeles. So shout out to SZA. I like SZA. I don't know that I can name a scissor song off the top of my head. I feel like I know it. I know them. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend is your boyfriend. My oh, okay, boyfriend. yeah. Is she the weekend girl too? Yep. That's the same mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Same song. Okay. And pa- apparently, she was at uh, the Grammys looking super thick. She like looked I had gay friends texting me like, um, I might be doing I might be thinking about this all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she looked amazing at the Grammys for sure. Yeah. I will. I do remember her there. Um, staying in theme with Billboard, they did they did something that they always do to get the people going. They created a list, and this time yeah. it was the fifty greatest rappers of all time. And in terms of these rankings, the Billboard and Vibe editorial teams they got together and opted first to limit the rap arena to North America, which I ain't. 100 mad at that. Uh, but from there, the teams took into account the following criteria. Um, not in a particular order, but they considered bodies of work and achievements, which include charted single albums, gold, platinum, all those kind of certifications, um, cultural impact and influence, how the artist's work has fostered the genre's evolution, and then longevity, um, years on the mic, and then the lyric storytelling, and then flow, so their vocal prowess. So, we're going to go through the first 20, and they only started to 20. Ready? Mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane. Speaking of Sister Act 2, that is the rapper that Sister Mary Clarence said that she liked in the act that she knew about hip-hop. She said she liked Big Daddy Kane. Little known. First she said Run DNA. She said Run DNA first. She did say Run DNA as a joke. And then <laughs> it was like, oh, she said, you know, I like Big Daddy Kane. So I thought that was, you know, random. Mm-hmm. If you if you know the movie, you know the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Big Daddy Kane is at 20. Melissa, better known as Missy, is at 19. Um, Ice Cube. Today was a good day at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find him in the club <laughs> at number 17, Mr. 57. Mm. Scarface was at 16. J. Cole is lying about his virginity at number 15. Ladies Love Cool James <laughs> is number 14. That is my that's one of my favorite songs, though. That song about your virginity. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good great one. song. I think every every yeah, I think it's called like Wet every, Dreams. Yes, Wet Dreams. Every man yeah. has a similar story in some capacity. Yeah. Um, Rakim is at number 13. Um, Andre Three Stacks. Um, the man who we never see is at number 12. The man we don't like to talk about anymore, Kanye West, now known as Yeezy's at number 11. Um, Onika Mirage, professionally known as Nicki Minaj, is at number 10. Snoop, as the old people say, doggy dog, is at number 9. <laughs> Arby Graham sits at number 8. Little Wayne, okay, one of the original hot boys, um, is at number 7. Biggie. Okay, that is notorious. B.I.G. That is Christopher Wallace, the only Christopher we acknowledge here in America. It's at number six. Mm-hmm. Eminem, the white boy from Detroit, is at number five. Tupac. I was just watching a movie with him and Leon and oh, Dwayne Martin. What's the name of that? Above the Rim. Above the Rim. I was just watching. You know, you know how black that was. It had just came on after Baby Boy. It was a black night oh, in this Rogers house. <laughs> yes, on the black entertainment television. That show was. I got caught up in my black. Tupac. Nas. The Ether Man himself is at number three. Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morales, and the Big Stepper is at number two. And then H to the O to the V. Allow him to reintroduce himself. He is whole. Jay Z is at number one. Brian. Yes. I know you have some thoughts. I'm just going to let you go for it. 
Uh, first of all, get Eminem. First of all, Eminem being a number five was like, Gucci Mane on the list and Eminem. And I, I, I should say the same thing. Where, where's where, Gucci? Was number one? Gucci, 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 Gucci Mane. Shout out my nigga Gucci. Gucci. <laughs> um, you know, Billboard just be putting lists together. They just be doing stuff. Um, like I don't. I, it's 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 you know, like I'm a Kendrick Stan fan, right? He ain't number two. But, but then I'm thinking, like you know, I would I put him over Nas, right? Cultural rebel, you know. Can Kendrick rap? Yes, I don't think anybody oh, can sure. rap better than Kendrick. I think he's the. I, you know, I'm not saying he's the best rapper, but I don't think anybody can like outrap Kendrick, mm-hmm. right? But do I feel like he has more cultural relevance and bars and stuff like that than Nas, right? Um, I feel like sometimes certain people shouldn't be on the list. Like they should. Like Tupac and, and Biggie, like you know what I mean. Like you can't really. They I don't feel like you in, could, they gonna always be in the top something list. Yeah, <clears throat> but I feel like you can't accurately, you can't accurately put them on a list, right? Because I think we said, I put the message in the group chat. I said like, are they, is are Tupac and Biggie were they rap icons that died, or are they rap icons because of it because they died, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of said that you know, a little bit of both. Yeah, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying. Um, but so, like you know. So I so I have an issue there sometimes. Um Andre three thousand being twelve is is tough. Very right? tough. Um because he in what you world ask these no, go ahead. No, no. No, you can say what you're gonna say. I was just gonna say, I, you know how I feel about Nikki, even Drake. But in what world are they better rappers than Andre Three Thousand? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> And and I can get it. Y'all say like longevity and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And, he, and if we look at maybe the the, the 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 what what does it call the, the overall formula that cultural impact thing, then mm-hmm. maybe because yeah. they charts you know, charts and all that kind you know of stuff. Yeah. So I can see that, but if like if you asked all these twenty that are all the people that are alive on this on this list, three stacks and they they about top five. Everybody's top five. Like. <laughs> Even Eminem has a, a a song where he said, "My I'm gonna lift my favorite rappers: Nas, Corrupt, you know, Tupac, Biggie, Andre from Outkast, Nas, and then me." You know what I'm saying? Like it, he even in his own he puts you know three stacks in his top five. So I think the list is definitely skewed. Um, yes. Um, do I agree? Like, do I feel like anybody just is not a good rapper on this list? No, not at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, Lil I have Wayne, a, I have honestly. A, yeah, I, I Little Wayne might be in my top five. Like, look in terms his, of this at his, it, it's almost bars. It's, it's almost like that Jay Z Biggie reference vote after death conversation. When Wayne was on, Wayne was on. <laughs> it is it is just coked <laughs> out Wayne that we just like we, we don't really recognize. Yeah. But when Wayne was on. On and and you like he don't write his rhymes, you know what I'm saying? Like and and even I, today, I, he'll pull a solid verse for a feature. He will. He still will. Right, and it might be it might be you know recency bias, right? Like he's is it. I grew up in Little Wayne, my high school years until now was mm-hmm. I, he was famous, right? So. J- L O Cool J, I don't really be like, oh man, this nigga L O Cool J was great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. And there's another question: In what world does the latest Love Cool James make anybody's top twenty rap list? I don't right. think I've ever heard one person say L L Cool J was in the top anything of rap. Should he be in the conversation 
of like greatest rappers of all time. Yes. Yes. But landing above 20, I'm having a hard time. And I'm going to say this. And I hope <laughs> Justifying that, people, that. Hope that people don't get it. I don't cons- this stuff. Y'all don't get me for this. I don't see, I don't see Missy as like a rapper. I put mm. her like in that pop. Like mm. she's not like Lauren Hill, right? Where Lauren Hill was like rapper, R&B artist. Like I feel like Missy, although she was a rapper, I don't think, I don't think bars from Missy. You know what I'm saying? I think she puts together amazing songs, amazing hooks, has solid lyrics, but I don't ever think like rapper from Missy. That you know what I'm saying? I feel like she's an amazing artist and an icon, but I don't ever think like, oh, let me put this Missy on this greatest rappers of all time. Like, no, list. I I don't disagree with you. I don't know that I totally agree because I feel like if you gotta put her somewhere, rap makes the most sense. I, I agree with that. But so what you put her there's I think there's better rappers <laughs> than Missy. I mean, in terms, in terms of, of like art. just pure rap, yeah. absolutely. Missy yeah. is a creative genius. Yeah. So her it, and then to your point, I think what you're trying to say is that the fact that she's not like a like straight up bar for bar lyricist or anything like that doesn't right. take away from the genius and creativity that she brought to music. Right. That is top tier. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like going head to head with even just other women rappers, she like her music is better than a lot of other women rappers. Like, yeah, hands down, bar mm-hmm. none. Mm-hmm. But lyrically, like just bar for bar, like, nah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, I think she is definitely a solid rapper. Um, just like yeah. if I mean, a solid rap, a solid entertainer who is, you know, who lands herself in the rap category. Um, but yeah, I don't know if she would have been in my top twenty. I think no. we're talking about like top twenty, maybe top artists of all times. Mm-hmm. Then definitely Missy probably be even higher than twenty. But we're talking about rappers. I I I, t- I would tend to lean in that direction. What I will say so, right. is this though, what? I actually agree with where Nikki is. That like At anywhere 10, between that anywhere between that ten and fifteen spot, I think she well deserves. I, if, I think if, if, if we're looking at that specific criteria, oh yeah, I thought about that criteria. We had a conversation <clears throat> about that today, like the fact of charts. You, there's nobody that's Drake, Nicki, and Wayne. At one point, they Young Money. They ran the charts. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have a formula where they gonna run them charts. They gonna be number one. They gonna be on on that Billboard chart forever. Yep. So in terms of looking at the, all these artists and just charting. Other than like Eminem, because you know he's white and people loved Eminem for a long time, right? Nikki, there you you can't she she runs the charts, mm-hmm. right? Um, in terms of her being the at one point for the like ten years, the only really legitimate no disrespect to the women rappers out there, yeah. For only t- for ten years, she was the only like legitimate woman rapper out there, like. And then recently, within the last five years, that's when we started getting the Cardis and the Megs and, for and the a while, Gorillas, she was and still holding her own. <laughs> yeah, and and like <clears throat> those folks just came on the scene. And and let's let's be honest, Cardi had a year, like Meg had a year or two. You know what I'm saying? It's not like as if they are just nobody came in and still just dominated in that no, way. Even Nikki, with yeah, Nicki dominated for like ten years. And if we were going through the, the Mount Rushmore of artists in the last 10, 15, 20 years or whatever, it, Nikki would have been on the Mount Rushmore with with like Drake and Kendrick, and that could toss up could be Future and J. Cole. But in the last like 15 years, or Wayne, however you want to put it in there, right? If you consider him the generation before them or the same, that's debatable. Mm-hmm. But she is, if anything, I can in cultural relevance 
and the criteria they gave us, I can see where she landed at number 10. And then when she's not being like, and when I say not being goofy, I'm not talking about her personal antics. So she's not being goofy, like on a track, Nikki raps. She can rap. Like she raps. Yeah. Like we can't take that away from her. Yeah. Um, she writes her own stuff. It sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's like, all right, Onika. Yeah. Um, and you know, when we can debate about like some of her best verses, whether she wrote them in totality or not, but Regardless of that, just like we do with Cardi, she delivered it in such a way that I don't think too many other people could have delivered it in the same way. Right. Because, so, yeah. I look at J. Cole, I'm like, J. Cole is probably a better rapper than a lot of people that are ahead of him. Oh, yeah. But well, J. Cole doesn't has, have the catalog and the yeah. impact and influence in the right. same way. It's just exactly. not there. Exactly. So I think when people, and when I look at the criteria, the list made sense. Like, do I still, you know, if I say who my top, 20 or 15, it may look nothing like this. But based off of that criteria that they gave, when they put into in this billboard, they mm-hmm. run numbers. They look at charts. They yep. look at cultural relevancy, all that kind of stuff. You know, you're going to find people on this list that you probably be like, oh, someone's going to rap better than them. But they're looking at can they sell records, right? And, yep. and and as much as I love J. Cole, I, you know, I think he's one of the greatest rappers of all time alive, right? That nigga ain't selling the same amount of records as Drake or Nicki or Kanye West, right? He's just not, right? So I can understand mm-hmm. that the way the, they have people on the list here. Yep. So I'm not like, it's it, just like some of the other lists that came out, it's not completely off, I think. But I, all one, the first, the, here's the thing about any of these lists they're <clears throat> all subjective. Mm hmm. Because tasting music and stuff like that, the only thing that you can never argue is numbers, mm-hmm. and a lot of and we can't depend on numbers because again, Super Freaky Girl was number one for like forever long, but that was not the best song in the world, probably mm-hmm. wasn't even the best song of the year. You know what I'm saying? So like numbers are a very skewed way to look at things, but so outside of that, you can't. Re- there is no fact based way of saying this rapper is better than that rapper. Mm-hmm. Other than just pure opinion and kind of this kind of popular kind of um, rubric that we all kind of have in our brain, like double entendres and flow and speed yeah. and stuff like that. Like many of us have a similar definition around what's good in those categories. But right. at the same time, mm-hmm. right, we can still say because like Brian likes the Quest Loves and them. And I'm like, I ain't got to ever listen to <laughs> Tribe Call Quest ever. <laughs> right, but it doesn't mean that for a whole group of people that that's not right. great rap music. I know people who like don't get with Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. and you can't tell me that that boy is not one of the greatest. Like, he's gonna be in my top twenty. He ain't nowhere near this list. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's funny because our our friend group is like that. Like Chris has said on record that Tupac ain't ever said nothing on on rhymes. Like he said that Tupac basically <laughs> don't know how to rap. And he also feels like Kendrick Lamar is like just a boring, terrible artist, right? He has a different taste, right? He's from Atlanta. You're from Memphis. I'm from California. So we're all going to have different tastes. And like to your point, it's subjective. So a nigga mm-hmm. from New York, big up to Brooklyn. Biggie big Smalls easily. They're going to be right? listening to 504 and Pop Smoke all day. <laughs> and it's like, Listen, get these folks off my radio. <laughs> and, like, and, and if you like conscious rap or you like that kind of rap, like it's it's really so. I think one thing I will say about hip hop, and I guess we can go into the next part or whatever. I feel like hip hop is so great that there's so many different artists, different types of artists, depending on where you're from, what you like, what you don't like. You could find a person that you like 
Um, and it doesn't mean that another rap artist is is trash. It's, that's just not your cup of tea. It's just not your cup of tea. Yep. yep. And some people are feel strongly on one side though, because there will be people who will say Future is trash. And I just can't. Future ain't like again the greatest rapper of nothing of no time. <laughs> but what Future did for the culture, um, like Future was like one of the <laughs> I'm gonna use a, a little richer word here, one of the pioneers <clears throat> of this mumble rap. Mm-hmm. Kind of situation, like mm-hmm. a lot of people. Like Future Sound is a very unique and distinct sound, and you hear people trying to emulate that sound and you know and duplicate that in culture. And you got to give that man credit. And then he just yeah. has songs like March Madness. Mm-hmm. Is a it gets it is provocative. Yeah, and it's and I'm so sad that we got to get to the second verse before it gets real, real, real good. But it's the <laughs> second verse that really gets the people going. Mm-hmm. But like to your point, you know there are people who will say he's trash. There are people who will say Nikki's just completely trash. Like my little sister Jessica cannot stand Nicki Minaj. Right. But and then like, also, at all, about, what is what is Jessica listening to? She like listening to JID and <sighs> she like listening to she's like a, a different version of me. She likes the conscious. Just super lyrical. Like, she loves Wale. Hip-hop. Yeah, she loves Wale, and I like Wale. Yeah. So we meet in the middle on a few mm-hmm. artists, but yeah. she's like a Wale thing. She want to go to a concert. I ain't got to do that. I went to one <laughs> at Afrotech for free. Mm-hmm. I, you know, but anyway, no, I absolutely get that. So these lists are really just getting people going. I don't take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, if me and Brian ever did another full music episode. That we can take some deeper dive. We still got to touch that vocalist list. We ain't forgot, y'all. We haven't. That's it. We ain't forgot. We ain't forgot because the fact that Brandy was three from two hundred <laughs> still, and you, y'all know how I feel about Miss Norwood. And but vocally, ain't ain't too many people touching her. So mm-hmm. we talking about vocal. We talking about as an artist, you could throw her wherever you want on the list. But, but just vocals. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and stand by me sitting up in my room, being at 197. I just won't have it. Mm-mm. Side note: I was in mourning yesterday, Brian. Okay, what happened? Because I don't really do the Valentine's Day, but Auntie Nita was in Atlanta, and I didn't have my tickets. And oh I yeah, heard, and I heard she brought out like Usher, and, and like she she got on. Well, Babyface was like a part on of the, the show on the ticket. Like, she gave a show, from what I understand, and I'm like, I, I heard. So mad I missed it. Yeah. Um, to hang out with the aunties and uncles. But lastly, on the billboard, it's, a, it's kind of another shout out here. Louis Vuitton um, and Pharrell Williams are teaming up. Um, they named Mr. Pharrell the leader of NERD. Why don't they just call him Nerd? Um, okay. As their new creative director for me as well. Now, I'm going to just step out of the limb mm-hmm. and say it. If if what he does is anything like that hat situation he was wearing a few years ago, oh Louis Vuitton, I don't know what y'all over there doing. I feel like y'all just need a name at this point because I've never looked at Pharrell for fashion inspo Mm-mm. ever. Even though I think high fashion is weird, because if you look at these runway shows, they be wearing some stuff mm-hmm. that most people would not wear every day. But Pharrell don't even wear that. <laughs> And I just be like, what does this man <clears throat> have on? But the position has been empty for about 16 months since the passing of Virgil Abloh. Um, so hip hop and culture around the world making, you know, just letting us know that we are again running it. But so shout out to Pharrell. Like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of his fashion choices. I love the fact that he's in this space and we have another hip hop artist, another cultural icon influencing um, not just the culture, but, you know, high fashion at that. So mm-hmm. another round. 
for the blacks doing Black History Month. Mm-hmm. You gonna wear some Pharrell Louis? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I don't wear Louis. I don't even Louis Vuitton now. I don't own anything. I want some Louis. Louis I'll be Vuitton. honest. I'm not. I'm not against it, but I don't own anything no, Louis Vuitton. I'm not against it. I don't own it, but I I actively want it. <laughs> I actively want it. Yeah, pair a yeah. couple of pair of shoes, mm-hmm. the belt, so I can be really black. Well, makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, a couple of bags. I love a backpack. Y'all know I love a backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's all on the billboard, Brian. Yeah, short billboard. All right, so let's go on over. To this living room, I think we'll have a really great conversation um, about niggas and deserving and all the things that comes with that. So grab your snacks, grab your drinks, grab your juice, grab your wine. Since this is a black conversation, possibly grab a Coke 45, maybe. That's what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> and meet us in the living room so we can have this great conversation. All right. All right, ring a ling a ling niggas. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for being here. Are you okay? <laughs> I just wasn't expecting that when I was drinking my water. Go ahead, do your thing. Um, do your thing. <laughs> so we did, it's our living room. Thank you for sticking around for the living room. For those that have not listened to the podcast before, the living room is where we kind of unpack, unlearn, relearn some things, or introspection. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's a little more serious. This episode will probably be a little more, you know, thought-provoking, I guess, um, but kind of keeping the thing, you know, I do follow the page, nigga, every nigga deserves. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of was just thinking about what that actually means, right? What do we deserve? What are some things we don't deserve? Uh, sometimes growing up, um, you know, we may are taught to feel maybe to be super humble, um, friend of the podcast, friend of real life. Sometimes we'll be like, we don't deserve this. And then Chris will be like, nah, nigga, I deserve this. Like, you know, that's all I've been through. I deserve this. Right. So kind of want to deal with the idea of deserving uh, what worthy means and all that kind of stuff. So just to kind of put some context into the conversation, <clears throat> right? The definition to deserve just basically means um, do something or have or show qualities worthy of either reward or punishment. Mm, okay. Right. So doing something or basically having something or showing qualities worthy of basically receiving Something good or bad, we'll say that. He's right over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes, again, we tend to say we don't deserve something. Uh, however, kind of it literally seems like a serious conversation is like, what is it that we deserve in life? Yeah. Right. What is it that we deserve in life? What are some things you think, you know what? Uh, or what is your idea about just what you do or do not deserve? Well, I hate to be this guy, but we deserve life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And I think our founding fathers is race. They ain't my founding fathers. The founding mm-hmm. fathers of this nation. Mm-hmm. As racist as they were, um, we're on to something. Right. Because I think wrapped up in that statement, just the pursuit of happiness and all, right? I think, you know, even if we talk about the page that exists on social media, it talks about things like, for example, um, doing the very untimely and, and unfortunate death of Tyree Nichols. Mm-hmm. I think they posted one that every nigga deserves to make it home, right? Right. And they usually post that around every time somebody yeah. black passes away, right? And but that is that that's that life part, right? Mm-hmm. And liberty, that freedom to able to be able to live and exist as authentic as I am, and to continue right. on this pursuit of happiness, whatever that means for the individual. Um, so I really think we just we deserve it all, mm-hmm. and I think the all is subjective. We'll mm-hmm. use that word again. 
um, because what Brian feels like he deserves or is entitled to may be very different than what I feel like I deserve mm-hmm. that I'm entitled to. But I also think there are some basic things that we just deserve to have. Like we deserve, like, you know, Brian mentioned, you know, some work opportunities. We deserve to be in workspaces where we're happy and we're thriving yeah. and we want to mm-hmm. show up and work, right? Even if we're not entrepreneurs or um, we des- we deserve to live in the type of homes that we want to live in. Not not for stunning sake, but because this mm-hmm. is what I want. Like, you know what I'm saying? I right. think these are just things that we deserve. Like, we deserve to make livable wages. We deserve mm-hmm. to enjoy the finer things in life. I think, I don't think that there's anything outside of the confounds of what life can give us that we mm-hmm. do not deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if we talk about how we earn these things, I think that's a different conversation. Right. But I feel like we deserve access to everything yeah. we put our minds to. And I agree with that. I think I think going back to what you said about the life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, all that kind of stuff. Um, same so-called founders set some along the lines of inalienable rights, right? Mm-hmm. And those are things that we have rights to. And I think when we talk think about the idea of deserving certain things, um, there are certain. There, I believe there's different as rights, and there are privileges, mm-hmm. right? Um, and as certain rights, like we have the right to just be be happy right i think we have right yes. to be to equality in, in essence the fact that we are all in essence created equal right so we should have the right to just be happy and to not have to deal with some of the unnecessary and weight stresses and pains that other folks put on us right mm-hmm. i think and i think that's one of the things you know going through life um we can seriously look at certain things like we don't deserve this like as black people, and this is Black History Month, there's a lot of stuff that we we're like, we don't deserve this, in terms of yeah oppression and you know all the stuff that white supremacy and oh, things yeah, we of the nature. Deserve any of that? We don't deserve any of that, right? Um, we did nothing to earn that. Nothing, <clears throat> right? And, 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 and to the, even to that point, there's negative earning. There's positive. Or you earn negative things. You earn positive things. We didn't earn. None of this stuff. We didn't earn um, slave and being enslaved. We didn't, we didn't earn slavery. We didn't. Right. Not, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't earn Jim anything. Crow. We didn't earn redlining. We didn't earn, earn um, you know, throwing drugs into our communities. We didn't earn any of this stuff. We literally just got all the stuff just because we were black, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes what what bothers me about society, about this this country we live in, is the other folks who don't look like us oftentimes feel like we deserve it right and mm-hmm. they deserve <clears throat> the house on the hill the um you know all the other things um that they quote unquote worked for right but they did it based off of our backs right yeah. Yeah. and your dni you understand all the kinds of equity and quality and stuff like that they oftentimes when it comes to things like affirmative action which are used to help out um minorities which include white women just so y'all know um that's who has helped the most historically <laughs> the most, right white women just to let y'all know so minorities just for those that don't know minorities is anyone other than the white man am i right joshua you're absolutely right right so um um people deserve stuff like that and pe- people think that like we are automatically with um affirmative action you automatically get the jobs you don't deserve them. You just automatically get them because no, it's it's the at least you get an interview. We're gonna at least look at it 
right? Um, I'm on a job. I'm working doing some job stuff right now, and they have people that do diversity and inclusion, and they don't give me the job. But what they do is they're intentional with looking for certain folks who are minorities to give them the opportunity because most cases our names wouldn't be pulled. Wouldn't be, right? Yep. yep. Right. Yep. So I, that's just my whole uh, holistic idea. Is that oftentimes I think people, you know, um, think certain people deserve. Uh, my all my thought process is that we just deserve to be happy. We deserve to be free. We deserve to not have to deal with just random oppression and stuff like that, that we, mm-hmm. that we have no control over. We shouldn't have any control over. Um, one thing I was thinking about is since Valentine's day just passed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take out of there. <clears throat> uh, right. And, and to that great s- s- setup for that, <laughs> yeah. um, in relationships, either. And we talk about relationships a lot on this show. We talk about friendships being real relationships. They are. Um, family, but then also let's talk about romantic. We'll start with romantic first. Okay. Um, I was talking to somebody and they were like, um, get so-and-so something because they deserve it. And my mom was thinking like, well, why do they deserve it? Like, what did they do? Do they deserve it? Do they deserve it because yeah. of the space that they hold within my life? Right. Or do they really deserve it because they've actually to the definition have done something mm-hmm. worthy of such reward or gratitude. Yeah. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? So we use, we use Valentine's as an example. Sure. The folks who maybe felt slighted that they didn't get, you know, something Valentine's Day. Um, what do you think about those folks? Um, I think that's two separate questions. Mm-hmm. Um, for the folk who feel slighted that they didn't get anything on Valentine's Day, I mean – you got to look at the context of relationship. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just got to, you know, I can't speak to that directly, but I do feel like for people, for example, I, let, let me put it like people who are seriously dating, engaged and married, right? Mm-hmm. There's an expectation in right. most couples that you're going to get a gift, typically man to woman, right? Mm-hmm. Or more dominant partner to less dominant partner. I'll say mm-hmm. it that way, right? Yeah. Um, in many cases. Um, that's kind of how the 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 tide of gift giving goes mm-hmm. <laughs> on that kind of on that mm-hmm. kind of day. Um, do I think that Valentine's Day automatically means that you get an array of diamonds and a Gucci bag <laughs> and things like that? I think if that's what you want to do, right? And you have the means to do it, then yes. But I also don't think that that is indicative of. So let me just let me just give you this caveat about mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. I know this is a Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. I've always disliked Valentine's Day. Me too. And, I hate Valentine's Day. And people think, well, what happened in your what happened? I was like, I've always had a Valentine. Mm-hmm. As 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 old as from as young, going back as far as when until I was old enough to kind of do that, right? In a real way. So mm-hmm. let's let's say about high school, ninth grade on through. Mm-hmm. Even if I didn't have a girlfriend, I was always had a date, had something. You know, even when I went out with a a, a woman friend, I was doing something on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So the kid, the devil mm-hmm. trying to kill me. Uh, <laughs> my mic fell, y'all. The devil trying to kill me. Um, the kid ain't never had an issue with company or yeah. entertainment on, on Valentine's Day. Um, the issue just becomes, and, and, and this is how some people feel about Christmas. So for me, it is this immense pressure to do exactly what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to go, for some reason, I got to go all out. And, I, and I'm not the guy that's going to say, well, I show you love all through the year. Because I don't buy I don't buy roses every day, every week, <laughs> even every month. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think I show my wife love every <laughs> single day, but I'm not doing it in these big magnanimous ways. And I'm trying to, for me, it's just, I'm just hard pressed when it feels like I'm forced to conform mm-hmm. to show love in a particular way mm-hmm. on this day. And people right. can have those same arguments about Christmas and things like that. But for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the differences because I can, I can argue down the differences <laughs> um, because I just can. Because, okay, <laughs> let me just do it real fast because it ain't, it, I ain't going to let it go if I don't. <laughs> Christmas is centered around the birth of Jesus Christ. Whether or not we believe he was right. born in December or not, that's what it was. And historically, if we read our text, when Jesus was born, he was giving gifts. So symbolically... <laughs> If we even if we take out Saint Nick, right, we are honoring his birthday right. by living out the same tradition of gift giving to those mm-hmm. we love, in the right. same way that people gave gifts to Christ, right? So if you take out everything else, that is one of the like just the foundational reasons why we give. Now the fact that we go all above and beyond, we can blame capitalism and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at its yep. core, that's why we do that. Valentine's Day, it is simply because to show love, but it is it is it is. It has become so ingrained in that particular culture that if you don't show love in an yes. out loud way, yes, that it is now indicative of not being love. Versus with Christmas, mm-hmm. if people decide to have a modest Christmas, they will tie it back to Jesus mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? We're just going to focus on family. We're going to Valentine's Day don't get the same kind of exception. Be like, we're just going to focus <laughs> on love. What you mean? We're just going to focus on love. <laughs> Like, you know, it doesn't get the same kind of exception, which lets me know that there is this kind of internalized pressure for people to show up in these big ways. And if you don't, somehow it is now questioned whether or not you love them. I say all that to say, I don't think anybody in in, in relationships in general, I think you deserve a certain level of love that Mm -hmm. is applicable to how you receive it. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the love languages. Yeah. So me and Brian talk about this even in our friendship. Brian thought that gift giving was a a love language of mine. I enjoy gifts. Yeah. I'm okay if I don't have them. I, I, I ain't gonna, John Fry's gonna never turn down no gift though. That's just <laughs> not. That's just not in my nature. Unless it's for the house. That is a. That is a. Don't you buy me no pots and pans. That is a gift for my home. You say that's for the Rogers. Do not say that's for Joshua. That is not a gift for me. Don't mm-hmm. get me on that. My mama, now you blame Robin for that because that's just how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and JB because he believed the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, what was I about to say? So I think that's what people deserve at the core in relationships mm-hmm. is to be able to be loved in a way that is most life-giving to them. So if that's quality. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I got Asha. We don't do big Valentine's Day. right? Yeah. I know how to be big and romantic. I've done it. But we mm-hmm. typically don't do it on Valentine's Day. Like I've done it for Valentine's Day before, but you know we typically don't. But I got her. I got her some roses. I got her one of her favorite bottles of champagne. One of her favorite candy. I got her three Valentine's Day cards because I couldn't choose mm-hmm. which one. I'm one of the mm-hmm. people who get the corny, funny cards. But like funny Valentine, that's me. Because them mm-hmm. jokes, they them jokes be so bad mm-hmm. <laughs> that they be Reverend. I got one of the cards was sanctified. On the front cover, it said Jesus is calling. <laughs> And on the inside, oh. it said he loves you and had a scripture down there. <laughs> and, then, and inside the card, I wrote some tongues. I wrote, oh, my shot. <laughs> like, but that was indicative of our love, right? How we right, express, right. how we, you know, love on each other. Anyway, but like that, and then chocolate strawberries, she loved those. And I think there was some something else in there. Anyway, I said all that to say, while there wasn't a big extravagant gift, that meant everything to her, right? Because mm-hmm. it was thoughtful. Um, yeah. it showed that I really paid attention in this season mm-hmm. that she's grieving 
when we decided we weren't going to really do anything, I stepped out and be like, let me create joy for yeah. my wife. That mm-hmm. was the gift, right? And um, so I think what we deserve are intentional partners who pay attention, mm-hmm. whether it's Valentine's Day or not, mm-hmm. um, who allow us to be loved and to give love in certain ways. Now, do I also agree that from time to time we should be like thinking of them and getting them mm-hmm. gifts and should we go all out surprising them with trips and bags and all the other kind of stuff that they may be into? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that I do that because you necessarily earned it or mm-hmm. deserve like right. I have I'm hard pressed using that language when how I show love specifically to gifts because it makes me feel like if you didn't show up in a particular way that mm-hmm. I wouldn't do this. But the right. fact of the matter is that I'm doing the big stuff that I would do simply because I love you and care about you. It's really okay. nothing. It's almost, it's almost like a just the way. Hmm, here it is. Thank you, God. Paul admonishes, you know, in in, in this particular text, which he's talking about men and women. Paul mm-hmm. admonishes husbands to love their wives, and Christ loved the church. Yep. We haven't done anything specific to earn Christ's love. Right. So if we're admonished to love our spouses and our partners in the same way, I'm doing all these big great things simply mm-hmm. because I love you. Right. Not because you've done anything to earn that level of gift giving or right. whatever you know what i'm saying for so i'm hard pressed making you feel like you gotta work for this baby like right right, right. you don't now don't treat me like shh, yeah right? <laughs> like don't run over me but at the same time like there's there's no i don't know there's like no no measurement to say as oh she's on this scale today so she ain't gonna get the gift i've been given if i bought you the gucci bag you're gonna get it whether you're on my nerves or not because pay for yeah. at this point right, right. Right. <laughs> you know so i don't know yeah, that was a long answer, but that's I had to process that. No, I get it, but I feel like I think I think sometimes it's easier to give, right? When when like if they not being an a hole, right? You oh, feel, that's you what you feel like. better giving the gift, right? Mm-hmm. You, just, you feel better doing it, but um, that kind of goes into the fact that like I'm a like I'm going back to Valentine's Day thing. Like I'm not, I don't really like Valentine's Day either. I feel like there's a pressure to love out loud. Um and I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't post anything, I feel like people would be like, "Oh, something going on with them." But I just don't, you know. I just feel, to me, I don't like the feeling of I have to do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, granted, I still love my wife. I'm going to take care of her and do stuff like that. Like, mind you, I I got her. We went to the Bahamas, so that was we we went to the Bahamas for the weekend. Um, I got her this like Chanel necklace, uh, <laughs> earring type thing that she wanted. Okay, that was cool. Kim. <laughs> um, and then I got her like a thoughtful um, a greeting card where you can scan it and then you can send the link out to people uh, and then they can like wish her happy Valentine's Day and stuff like that so it was like it was super thoughtful that kind of thing but that's just because you know I think she she likes Valentine's Day more than, than I do right mm-hmm. um, but and that's I feel most like, women yep. yeah and I feel like it's an opportunity for me to kind of be like here let me do something for you that's thoughtful um Within that, um, but to that to that point, say 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 Asha was a terrible wife, right? Mm-hmm. Say Asha was a terrible wife, and she's been terrible forever. Like you on the brink of like you know what? Let's let's end this thing. Does she still deserve a certain level of admiration and being loved out loud? If we're at that level. Just be glad we're getting along that day. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're at the level that you're yeah, yeah. describing, mm-hmm. then I'll be very transparent. That was one Valentine's Day that we actually had gotten to a real bad argument, maybe like mm-hmm. a couple of days before. 
and we mm-hmm. hadn't really recovered. Mm-hmm. And she posted something on on social media about me, and she asked me straight up, "Why didn't you post me?" I said, "Cause I don't even like you right now." <laughs> I said, "So I, I said, and I said, I told her, so I thought about it, my love. I said, but it <laughs> was it lying. was nothing authentic <laughs> in my spirit. It was like, you know, because there have been years I wrote like the big fancy posts. There have been mm-hmm. years like this year I posted three pictures of us, like a modern day love story, three attachments, Happy Valentine's Day, and it kind of that was it, like." I don't love you any less, but that's all I had. Right, right, right. Um, but yes, but that particular I can't remember what year marriage was, but that particular year, and, and she was like, you know what? She thought about it, she was like, I get it. Like, and we because she that's she fair. was very honest. She had to think back. I know where we at. And she had to, even though she didn't say these words out of her mouth, I'm almost sure she admitted, like, I did this because we're mm-hmm. husband and wife, and it would probably be weird to the public if we didn't do anything. But mm-hmm. yeah. I was in a space, I was in a very honest space. It was like, I do not like you right now, woman. Mm-hmm. So yeah. no. So imagine as a loving husband making mm-hmm. that decision to be like, I ain't posting on no social media. And you talking about we cl- we this close to a divorce. Mm. You better be glad I'm not out with my <laughs> with my future <laughs> with another girl right now. You know what I'm saying? Out here, you know, right. figuring out what it means in the future. Um, but yeah, I was I'm gonna say I'm gonna answer it this way. If we're that look, I'm not gonna do anything to disrespect you, mm-hmm. but you are not getting any out loud anything from me if we're that <laughs> close to the end. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, no, right. Sir. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> it's like as I always be wondering, like, are people out there just Putting on, I prefer people to do it. Oh. Just put on for the for the ground. Yeah. yeah, I think because people like even like me, even though like I'm, they're not. There's not issues. I'm not trying to say there's issues. Like we're straight, but I feel like you feel like pressure to do it, even if it's like the last minute you'll do it because you know like we're we are um, especially when we were working super heavy in ministry, people are looking at us as like examples, right? And they're like mm. <clears throat> that that pressure of. If if things aren't off or things are on, then it's like, oh, what's going on over there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, when mind you, we just spent the whole weekend in the Bahamas, and then on top of that, we had our own intimate thing. And then I'm like, but I gotta gotta post something. Got to throw something on the gram. Yeah, put on. Yeah, I want people right? to. You know, so I want people to say nothing, right? So yeah. Um. So I just found that to be interesting. I'm pretty sure people people deal with that, like, um, oh yeah, consistently. But I um, think to bring that to this conversation, every nigga deserves to be loved and to yes. show love in whatever way that is life giving to them. Yep. And, and to <clears> that point, if if somebody, if if Lauren came to me, and mind you, we're complete opposite. I will. I don't. She don't have to have no post about me. I'm fine. But if she came to me, it was like, hey, I would like you to this. That would let me. That kind of. Sh- that's the way I would want to receive love is openly. Then I'd be like, all right. Bet then that and that point then is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. If she said that, to then give that to her, right? Yeah. So in that case, by her being my wife, and of course not her being to the level of divorce that we talked about, what you said right now, then at that point she deserves that based off the level of love and the respect that I have for her. Yeah, for sure. Right? Okay. Okay. So within that, I can kind of go along the lines of like Mother's Day and stuff like that too. Like you're the mother of my child, so a certain level of the respect you deserve because. You're Brooklyn's mama. So on Mother's Day, you can get something because Brooklyn has a mama. And you at least get that bare minimum of that, even though Lauren's a good mom. But there's a certain level of bare minimum. So uh, I would agree that some people receive or deserve certain things based off of the the seat that they sit in. Mm -hmm. Um, But also the relationship that they really hold or have uh, grown. Because 
we can say that you deserve certain levels over time. Like as far as access, right? So, so are you saying access increases with longevity? Yeah, I feel like access increases with intimacy, right? So there's some people right now who just because they know Josh Rogers, they may have known Josh Rogers from Hill is it Hillcrest? Hillcrest. 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 They may know Josh Rogers from Hillcrest, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Rogers from Hillcrest may not be the same Josh Rogers from Morehouse. Absolutely College, not. Right? <laughs> May not be the same person from Arkansas State, right? I'm gonna go through all these degrees. Not the same person from Georgia State. Is the Georgia State in there still, or was mm-hmm. that Georgia State? It was okay, right? And then now Joshua, he may go get a doctorate degree sometime soon, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all different Joshua's. Just because you had access to me at Hillcrest, don't mean that you deserve the same level of access that you had to me at Hillcrest to where I am right now. Do you believe that there are certain levels of, uh, not necessarily your your spouse? but maybe friends or acquaintances that they actually have to work or show that they deserve certain spaces and places in your life? I think if we talk about how we determine who deserves access, Mm -hmm. space, and time, Mm -hmm. I think the context of of place and positioning matters most. Okay. And you made a really great example. You talked about school, right? Mm -hmm. So, when I was in school, well, that's high school particularly, mm-hmm. I, I and I say this without bragging or boasting, I was the kid who was smart but also really popular. Mm-hmm. So I navigated several dimensions of high school that society says that a person typically does not do, mm-hmm. right? Because either you're the nerd or you're popular because you're in sports, whatever. I was able to navigate multiple spaces. Mm-hmm. So quite a few people had a level of, and I was just, they, they, I was their leader. Mm-hmm. I was senior class president, all these things, right? So, so a lot of people had access to me in certain ways. A lot of people did not have access to me because of that as well, right? They, mm-hmm. I was protected in a certain group. right? However, when I walked across that stage at the Orpheum Theater in Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and got my little high school diploma, right? some of that access was cut off because that place, my time at that place had ended. Mm-hmm. And some of those friendships, as we know in high school, I was mature enough to understand that I know this friendship right here. Mm-hmm. This is it. This, this is the. <laughs> this is it. And it wasn't that they were bad people. I just knew what that where life was going to take us was going to command a different level of attention, a different level of focus from both of us, right? And mm-hmm. when I came home for winter breaks or summer breaks, not to job shame or anything like that, but a lot of them. A lot of people in my high school, they, they 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 graduated and they went on to, you know, pursue, you know, some of your more service-based, retail-based mm-hmm. industry jobs. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But that's not the path that I had. That kept them in Memphis. That kept them in a certain, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say a certain type of mindset, but it kept them in a certain space where the advancement, let's just say career-wise, was a lot different. I'll say it that way. Right. And because our pursuits and our ambitions were different, it took us down different paths. In addition to the fact, the reason why we were likely friends in high school is because we went to high mm-hmm. school together. And yeah. that same kind of realization <laughs> translates to college. It translates specifically mm-hmm. in work. Like we're friends at, at our job because we work together. Had we never worked together, we probably would not be friends. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that you would never even be in the same room with me, likely, Mm -hmm. if we didn't work together. For example, a consulting firm I worked at, I worked with a former church member. 
Mm-hmm. Me and that church member were like, we were cool. Mm-hmm. Invite each other to each other's baby birthday parties and hung out, and, you know, at, at church. But when we worked together, we did lunch. I confided in him in a few things, got his mm-hmm. perspective. He did the same for me. Mm-hmm. And when that time at that space ended, we went back to how we were before we started working together. Right. And I don't think that that made us fake. I just think that the familiarity of him in a now everyday space granted each other mm-hmm. a level of access mm-hmm. that was never present before. Mm-hmm. And could we have matured to a space <laughs> where it could have developed into something else in terms of our friendship, like something deeper and more like residual? Sure. But what that allowed me to understand that since neither one of us put forth a real effort post that space yeah. was that that level of access was determined by that space. Now, when we see each other in person, will we randomly check in every now and then for sure? But I think to your question, for me, it is less about long because I've met people. Let's just talk about the bond in Kappa. Oh, yes. I'm only six years in come this mm-hmm. March. But I've met people who I've met somewhere along this six year journey. Mm-hmm. Who I am mad close to my 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 ace, yeah. I have a level of brotherhood and friendship with him that I have with you, Chris John. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, yeah. And I've known y'all maybe ten years more than him, right? But because we share a, a certain experience, <laughs> you know, that binds you together real fast. But even still, you know, what I'm saying like, so for me, it's less about longevity and more about connection, space what Mm -hmm. those spaces meant, how they're defined. And I think people people have earned or deserve access to you um, based on the circumstances of how that access is created. I'll I'll say it that way. Right. I I agree with that. I think think within space and access and time, I think it's earned, right? And also that this definition shows haven't shown qualities worthy of my time, my access, right? Um, based off of prior incidents, right? So think about somebody who you may have given your time previously, right? And they just wasted it. Or wasted it. Then it's like, oh, you don't deserve my time no more. I've given you, mm-hmm. I, I gave you the opportunity for my time, my my energy, uh, my friendship. And then as, you know, somewhere down the line, you just, you don't deserve it anymore because I've given you the opportunity and you just flaunted it and you didn't respect it. I think sometimes people, people, have this attitude that they deserve it and they don't really respect, mm. right? Because they I feel have like they're entitled to it. Entitled to it just because I know you, that just because I have your phone number. Like none of those things. Do you know that my getting my number is layered because mm-hmm. I don't give everybody my number, but that mm-hmm. still does not guarantee complete access to me. No, that just literally means that I've given you a way to communicate to me. Mm-hmm. With me outside of the socials, because mm-hmm. I'm gonna check my text before I check my DM. Yeah. So you have greater access, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get whatever you think you're looking for. Like Mm-mm. you still ain't gonna get a best friend. I still, I re receive home. I still may leave you right there. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to me a little quicker, <laughs> but you just right. you just got left on red faster. That's all that means. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I and I agree with that. I agree with that wholly. Like I feel like you know, uh, some people feel like a little entitled to to who you are because they know you. Um, but even within that, certain people are certain tied to certain levels and spaces of me that some people would never ever get because they just don't deserve it. Nope. Um, you don't you don't sit in a seat that you that that you deserve it. 
Um, you haven't done anything in my life to where you feel like, like parent, like, you know, we are using transparent on this show. Okay. So like my mom deserves certain things that in my life, the spaces of my life that my dad will never have. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because she's just, she's done stuff. She's, yeah, no, I get that. She's been there forever. Right. Um, she can even say certain things to me that I may be like, may not like, but that I may not necessarily go off on her. Right. My dad may say the same thing, but based off of our relationship, mm-hmm. nah, brother, like you can't, you can't do that. Right. You can't right. say that. And I'll, I'll cut you off. Right. And my mom could do the same thing. I'll be like, all right, you know, that wasn't right. I'm gonna give you another shot. You know what I'm saying? But I think that that's what it kind of looks like in that situation. Um, so uh, I think people deserve negative and positive consequences, like, but that you earn them. I feel like you earn certain things to a certain level, even if they are close to you, close friends. Like right now, if I sat there and for the next year consistently dogged you out and, you know, talked bad about Joshua Rogers and said this, this and that, at some point, I wouldn't deserve the access that I have to you anymore. I wouldn't deserve your friendship. I wouldn't deserve your brotherhood. I don't care if we're in the same bond. None of those things, right? I would, I would have lost all of those privileges. I would consider privileges. Um, and, it, and let me go back to that. We said rights and privileges, mm-hmm. right? Unless you share my last name, <laughs> right? And, and meaning in you live at 4723. I'm not going to say my whole address. Come on, don't do that because the chiefs <laughs> might be listening. Then there, there are certain, you don't, there are certain things, you don't deserve certain things. Like yeah. I'm going to do things for my, my family that no one else is going to deserve because you haven't earned it. You haven't worked for it. And you're not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Listen, that now that <laughs> is a word. Because that happened to me just last week. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, Josh, what time is dinner? I said, whatever time you decide to go to whatever restaurant to eat it. <laughs> it was like, well, ain't you cooking? I said, yeah, but not for you. What are you talking right. about? Why? And, I know, and, and typically, I wouldn't mind if somebody popped over and said, Josh, I'm going to come visit. You know, and I'm because you know I'm a cook on Sunday. You know right. I'm a, I'm an old grandma in, in mm-hmm. heart, especially on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> but it's like, don't come at me like that because right. the only people who have the right to literally be like, "What time we eat?" are the the three niggas that's upstairs right now. <laughs> um, like, you know what I'm saying? But if you my people, you also kind of know that if you popped up, you know I'm gonna feed you. You gonna you can eat, but don't ever come at me thinking that you're entitled to a level of care responsibility. Even if you're my bestest friend, like don't mm-hmm. do that because my home yeah. is different. Yeah. You see what yeah. I'm saying? I think even in that, like there are boundaries. It's, so it's one thing to say, you're always welcome. And that is always true. But mm-hmm. don't approach me in the way that you feel like because you're always welcome, you can now kind of um, bully that open invitation to be like, mm-hmm. what time is dinner? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> How do you even know I want company? Right. You know what I'm saying? Versus you saying, hey, bro, what y'all doing Sunday? I'm thinking about coming over. Then, you know, like the mm-hmm. approach, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. The approach sometimes deserves, I mean, sometimes determines, do you even, are you even able to tap into what you think you deserve? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Because again, like if <laughs> like if, if I'm in Gwinnett, be like, hey, Brian, I'm in the area. Are y'all home? Is it cool if I stop by? It's mm-hmm. much different than me literally coming and just knocking on your door at random. Mm-hmm. Much different. And I know you might not have a yeah. particular problem with no, it, no, but no. my point is, is that like- Because of who you are. Right. It's still different, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I am because 
even though you may not have a problem, I know if somebody did that to me, I'd be a little irritated. So I would <laughs> never do that to anyone. Like and, I can't, I can't, I can't could, pull up on you. You could if you're in Powder Springs, <laughs> you could, but at the very least, I even if you're in my driveway, you'd be like, Hey Josh, you at home? I'm like, yeah. Um, I'm finna pull up and I'd be like, bit, and my doorbell literally rings five seconds later. I'm gonna laugh and let you in the door. But <laughs> because you know me, I appreciate the fact that you at least acknowledge, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying, asking to not even asking to come over because that ain't even an ask. It's like, nigga, you at the house, I'm about to come over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I like, that's cool. Like, yeah. because we got relationship, I am okay with that. Even if that means right. we sit in silence and watch TV. Yeah. I am okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think approach, I do think understanding space, like you say, understanding mm-hmm. what my responsibilities are versus just, you know, who you are in my life. Because you, again, you could be my best friend, but if I don't have responsibility for you, mm-hmm. then what I do for you and all those kind of things kind of shift doesn't mm-hmm. mean I wouldn't do it for you. It mm-hmm. just means that you're not entitled to that. Um, right. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Awesome. All right, well, two two questions, and I'll be, I'll be at, we'll be out of here. Wrap this thing up. Okay. Um, humility versus confidence. Right, and we we are church boys, right? And oftentimes, in the church, they feel like you know we may not necessarily deserve opportunities and things of that nature. Well, now I've gone to the place where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm like I'm doing I'm not saying I'm doing you a favor. You did this but, on purpose, but. You try to get me stirred up. <laughs> like, not that I'm doing you a favor, but I, I'm i skilled. I'm knowledgeable. I'm anointed enough, right? And even, even, even your careers, right? You've put in the work and the time and the effort where sometimes yeah. people, they want to they wanna teach you this whole be humble kind of thing. And it's like, no, like, I deserve that opportunity. I at least deserve the opportunity. I at least deserve the, the, the interview, the shot. Right. Even my current role, that's why I'm kind of wanting to leave my job because something came up, position came up, and I felt like I deserved it just based off of all the things I could talk about, right? Um, and getting overlooked and things of that nature. What is what are your thoughts on on that? The sometimes people making you feel like as if you don't deserve certain opportunities where you feel you know you know without a shadow of a doubt, you're qualified and you're confident that you can do, but people still want you to maintain humility, even though you you know you can do it and you're Overqualified, oftentimes. Since you brought up the church, I'm gonna bring up Hebrews ten thirty five. Okay, go for it. Which says, "Forsake not your confidence, because <laughs> it has great recompense for reward." Great recompense. So I just want to put that out there. The Bible even admonishes us to be confident, to be to fully acknowledge the mm-hmm. gifts that come within us. I mean, that right. we have. Um, there's also scripture that lets us know that every good gift, my mm-hmm. dear beloved brother, do not err. Every good mm-hmm. and perfect gift mm-hmm. comes from above. Yeah. So I think there's an I think there's a the reason why I quote both of those is that on one end that's the humility I think the church wants us to stop there mm-hmm. it came from above yes mm-hmm. but we also look at the parable of the gifts of those who did not use them were not productive right so I could be gifted and even if I used it in a certain way I still have to like you could I know people who could were naturally gifted to play that piano or something by ear. But if you didn't sit and cultivate and practice and things like that, really doesn't like you probably could listen to a song and and, and play it through. But mm-hmm. would you be as gifted and like as accomplished as some of the other like well known musicians? Right. Those who like John P. Key has always had a phenomenal band. Mm-hmm. We talking about the shirt, Ty Tribbett. Like think about some of the big people. We yeah. just talked about Brianna's band. Like 
Bruno Mars, we want to go secular. All the people mm-hmm. that Beyonce has put in her concerts and stuff before. Like that opportunity ain't common just because you're naturally gifted and you say thank the Lord right. for the gift, right? Mm-hmm. That comes with a certain yeah. level of work, education, yeah. uh, practice, like, all these different types of things to hone those gifts. And not saying that God didn't gift it, but He He gave you the gift. It is now your right. responsibility mm-hmm. to cultivate it. So I grew up, ooh, you triggered me. I grew up, <laughs> that's why I know you did this on purpose. I grew up in a church mm-hmm. that when I, you get finished doing something and you say, mm-hmm. like, thank you, you be like, ah, uh, ah, uh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. To God be the glory. You know, and this is like, and at first I grew up saying that, and it was actually Arthur Mosley who broke that off of me. Mm. Um, and it's just like, no, yes, God inspired me, but I sat there and I, Josh Rogers mm-hmm. sat there and studied. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I went through, I'm going to use my black word again, my concordance. Um, right. I flipped through different versions of the Bible. I'm reading all these different interpretations and these, um, what, what what they call them, Brian? Um, the commentaries. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, going yeah. to, I'm researching the mm-hmm. Greek and the Hebrew. Like, And again, God is anointing me to, to understand and to think through, like, okay, where should I go? But, mm-hmm. but without the work, like the build out of that sermon or whatever it is that you're doing would not yeah. have happened mm-hmm. if I did not put in the work. Right? Yeah. But it is but it is me being humble enough to acknowledge where the gift comes from that connects yeah. it back to Christ. But at the same time, it is me being knowledgeable enough to know that in my own humanity that mm-hmm. I did this work, right? Yeah. And I think that goes with like just the the, the principle of of a free will. Um, mm-hmm. understanding where Jesus even says things like greater works than these shall you do, right? right? Just knowing that, basically saying that we're not to say that I'm going to be greater than Jesus. I, I remember mm-hmm. that TikTok you sent. Uh, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't going into that <laughs> foolishness. But, uh, but understanding that, you know, the greater works meaning that you're going to do great things, right? And you're mm-hmm. empowered to do them. Um, So, and you're empowered to do them individually. Like you already have the power, the know-how, the skill set, to be able to do it. So do it, thrive in those spaces. So I think that humility versus confidence type of thing is tricky because I think being humble is not, I think the church teaches us being humble is downplaying who you are, what you're good at for the sake of not seeming haughty. Um, When really it's just, (coughs) I was born with a gift for words and writing and speaking. Mm -hmm. It's very few times you're going to put me in front of spaces and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to at least think through something that is halfway right. thought provoking. It is a right. gift that I I just have, mm-hmm. right? I've been and I've been thrown in those spaces. Talk about the church, get them going, mm-hmm. right? A lot of that is the anointing, but a lot of that is also being well versed. There's that study. I right, know right. scripture, <laughs> right? All right. I, I've sat with hymns, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have experience, and, and but I'm but the gift is being able to articulate that in a way. That resonates with people, right, and causes them to to be affected and influenced by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the church would be like, you know what? Well, thank the Lord. The Lord used you. The Lord did use me. He did, you he know. Did. But if it's a sermon, it's like, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I studied very hard. <laughs> right. But that one, and then, and but I may end it with, and God moved. He showed out because He did. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't take away from who I am the gifts that I have because I still had to right. work to be at this level. So I think humi- like real humility is not being boastful in the gift. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference than being boastful in the gift. Um, and then just merely 
acknowledging that you have it. So I deserve, you know, bringing this into the conversation, I deserve the right or just the moment to be proud of yeah. what it is that I've done, to yes. be to be happy um, mm -hmm. about my accomplishment, right? That's good. Um, That's good. To, I deserve the joy that comes with knowing I'm really good at this. Yes. I, I deserve the space to even just say out loud, you know, because think about this. When preachers put flyers, I say, I'm available for all these type of things. What are you essentially saying? I'm good <laughs> at all this stuff. Yes. Bring me in. <laughs> That's what right. you're saying, like, and and y'all want to look at it that way. So yeah. I deserve the space to be just just to be out loud and be like, I'm an amazing journalist, mm -hmm. and if you want something written well, you should hire me. Or right. I'm a great preacher. Mm -hmm. I, you know, if you're looking for a conference host or whatever, Listen. I'm the guy, right? You know, mm -hmm. so even and going back to the space and and even in your career. I've worked in these spaces. I've learned this. I've learned that I can do this job better than them. And just because I'm mm -hmm. young, just because I'm near, doesn't mean it. And I'll end with this, um, just so I really want to hear your perspective around it. Mm -hmm. in, in 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 a role that I was in, I won't say the one because somebody might be listening. Um, I was at a manager level, looking at a director level, and there was a couple of spots in between that, and it was like, "Ooh, that's a big jump." I don't. They wanted me in the space. But because respectability politics says I just can't move you from here to there to off GP, mm -hmm. I'm going to make you go through all these hoops and hassles before you get there. Mm. But you're admitting I could do the work. You mm -hmm. know I would be good at it. The mm -hmm. work that I'm doing now is indicative of the type of director level work. But you right. won't put me there because your antiquated mind can't fathom jumping me two spots. Right. But you know I can do it. But mm -hmm. you want me to beg my old kind of work corporate climb this corporate ladder that really doesn't exist but if i leave mm -hmm. i can be in your position somewhere else forget right. director i could be svp with my yeah. resume and mm -hmm. this one what i've accomplished on this job right and i yeah. think and that's the like mm, you just couldn't wait no i couldn't actually because i deserved more than this and you right. wouldn't recognize it yeah. So it doesn't mean that I'm 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 I'm, I'm impatient. What it means mm -hmm. is that I was unwilling to sit in your false levels of what you're trying to do to humble me. Yeah, and I hate that when they say I'm gonna humble you. Like, no, Oof. you're not, because I can find ways to come back and make you more humble than what you ever right. think you can do to me. Right. So I'll stop there because I feel like that could be a whole episode. But really, I, and I think that because I think we've been conditioned, especially in the church world, is to be. Humble, 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 humble. When you could be, I'm humble, but if I know I killed something, I know I killed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's like I just preached recently, right? And I'm I'm my worst critic, but there are moments when I was like, that was it. Like, that was good because I I know I I put the time in. I literally <laughs> yeah. spent the whole night. I didn't sleep the whole night preparing for a moment for an hour and a half, you know, of just ministry, right? And I know there are moments where I was like, oh, that connected. I know, it, of course, it comes from the Lord, right? But sure. there's certain things and certain points you put together that's like, oh, that point hit because I worked hard for it. Or if I'm doing training at, in my, my current job and I know people are connecting um, information and they're getting information. It's like, I've done this training multiple times. I prepared for it that yeah. I, I deserve to be, I just, like you said earlier, I deserve to be proud. And Oftentimes we try to, and I think we need to clarify that, Brian. Yeah, I, I want you to let the people know that there's a that level of proud is different than this kind of 
arrogant pride that people like to confuse. Yeah, with. haughty, <clears throat> um, like pride go before destruction. It's 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 the it's the it's the pride in the work that I've done. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the like God, you gave me these tools. I use them to your glory, and I'm proud that I did it. That's it. Right. If my mama can be proud of me. Why can't I be proud of myself? Yeah. Why can't I be proud of my work? <laughs> Why can't I be proud of myself? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's a certain that's a certain level of love to yourself is Self-love, pride. Man. Yes. Self-love is like, you know, and and we're taught, and this is crazy. I'm not trying to get emotional out there. We're taught all the times that like you can't say that you're proud of yourself. And I did an interview this week and I was like, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that the person I, I'm proud that when I was, you know, the 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 person that I grew up to be. I'm proud that, you know, non-traditional student, went back, got my degree. Mm-hmm. I have life licenses, securities licenses. I've, you know, ascended to certain levels of my current career, doubled, tripled, multiplied my salary. I'm proud that my nieces and nephews think that I'm rich, right? I'm proud that my dad can come visit. He visited recently and was like, nigga, this is you. You know what I'm saying? I'm proud that I have a daughter who doesn't, who just thinks that niggas, we, we just got money. You know what I'm saying? Like, who and, and doesn't have to worry about anything. I'm proud that I have a wife that doesn't have to worry about, you know, if the lights are going to get cut off and stuff like that. I'm proud that my friends know that I care about them. There's certain things that we can literally be proud about. And I feel like yes. oftentimes yes. Um, we're, we're, we're told that no, 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 no. No, we deserve to be proud, right? Especially we're doing the right things. Uh, and especially when society says, that we're supposed to be this or that. We're supposed to be, you know, just niggas on the street, ain't doing this and that. A single parent, I'm a single parent home, so I'm supposed to be this, 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 and that. I should be proud to look at my step back, look at my life, and knowing, of course, that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. I understand that. However, I still had to put in a certain level of work, right? God gave me favor. God gave me opportunity. He opened doors. He closed doors that need to be closed. But within that, God gave me spaces. And like you said, within those spaces, faith without works is dead. Yeah. He can give me the favor, but without the work, it's then not what happening. Is, <laughs> it's not happening. What is opportunity without availability? Yeah. Say that. Do you know again. what I'm saying? Say that. What again. is opportunity without availability, right? So I that's that's my takeaway. I was gonna I was gonna end with another question that's a little more controversial. Um, about just everybody deserve forgiveness that we could be there forever. Let's say that. For you. Let's <laughs> stay there for resurrection, son. <laughs> right, say that for resurrection. But that's that's gonna be my end, my closer. I was gonna ask, what does you feel that you deserve? And I'm gonna say my answer to that, and I'm gonna throw it back to you. so You can close it out. My, I feel like I deserve to be proud, and I do not within this next season. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In this next season of my life, I must I must start stepping back. Being proud of what God has given me, what He's allowed me to do, and I'm gonna celebrate it. I'm gonna celebrate it, and I feel like I'm having a moment right now. I feel like the reason why I'm so anti self celebration or being celebrated is I was taught all my life. Now nah, you can't mm. be can't be proud. Mm. Or they'll there's got to be godly proud. Like no, like why should why should I not be proud of what what God has done in my life and He allowed me to do in my life? Right, so. That's that's my so what it's one thing you feel right now before you leave that you, you feel like you, you deserve right now in your life. Yeah, I feel like I deserve to live fully mm-hmm. 
in the in every dimension of who I am. Oh, without apology. Yes. Um. So when we talk about the things that we grew up learning in terms of with the church, mm-hmm. I feel like I can be fully spiritual and fully human, mm-hmm. and be proud to exist in both of those spaces. Yes. Without compromising the authenticity of either mm-hmm. one of them, mm. I feel like I deserve that. You do. You deserve That's to be, all. and within that, you you'll be happy. You'll you'll yes. have joy. You have joy. I, I, I will because, like when you said, I can be godly proud on a spiritual level. I can't, and I get that concept. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, so for example, I would be transparent. Me and Brian did record at our typical time because I've been accepted into American Express's Leadership Academy. Oh, awesome! Congratulations. Um, thank you. And today <laughs> we had an intro call that was three and a half hours long. Mm. Now that was intense. However, I am proud of that, Brian. Yeah, you sh- and you should be. Um, that because it is they re- they said today they received over one thousand applications and only selected mm. seventy five people from all of the Americas. Wow, Canada, U.S., you know, uh, Mexico, all that, all Central America, South America, yeah, all of that. I was one of the people first time trying to apply, mm-hmm. and I didn't, you know, and this, and I don't care how some people interpret this. I didn't sit mm-hmm. and pray for my responses. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the videos I recorded, I didn't be like, Lord, give it to me, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I trusted that the God in me had already empowered me to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's already there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into intercession for stuff that has already been deposited <laughs> inside in of you. Mm-hmm. I All don't again. quote Brandon Porter often or ever. <laughs> 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 but there's a message I remember distinctly in his own way as a child mm-hmm. that he was talking about faith. Yeah. And he was saying some things he feels as though God doesn't answer because we have power and access to it. That's, that's the word. And the example that he made was, he said, if you have a glass of water sitting in front of you and you keep saying, God, I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. Give me something. He was, you know, and, and this is classic Bishop Brandon Porter. God, I'd have throw the water in your face and slap you with it. <laughs> but but the point to that was is that you literally have access to water. Why are you praying for God to magically quench your thirst when yeah. you can just pick up the glass, take a sip, and mm-hmm. literally all your problems will be solved? Right, right, right. Why are we diminishing what God has already put in us? Yes, and saying like, oh, now I let me go on a five day fast because I got to pray. No, if you're gonna fast and pray, you should be praying and fasting. Like, Lord, I really want this opportunity. Yeah. I, I pray that you open this door, and if you do open this door, give me the grace to steward it well. Yeah, I'm not praying for the application. Mm-hmm. I got that. Yeah, I now want the favor that comes with the yes. access past the application. Right, you write and the I think, application, and, and I think we, yeah. and I think we missed, we messed that up mm-hmm. all the time. Lord, give me what to send this application. Give me what to no, 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 and God reinvigorate the thing that's already in me. Right, and now the next prayer is. Open the door. Open the door. I've done the work. I need yeah. your help with opening the door. Yeah, because that's things that you and that's do. to me living in the fullness of my in in, in the authentic authenticity of everything I am uh-huh. spiritually and everything I am as a human. Because yeah. I can acknowledge where it comes from. I can acknowledge yeah. the source. I can acknowledge the source mm. without diminishing the work of my own hand. Mm. And that's what I deserve to do. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. 
Ooh, that's been a great, a wonderful living room. Brian, you try to you 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 a sneaky little producer, Nick. And that's the thing we we and that's the that's the purpose of living. We, we literally worked out and we articulated out. things <laughs> that are in our heart, and we now we we now understand. I believe hopefully we help some people out there. Yes. You deserve it, right? You deserve it. Oh, yeah, JJ Harris. <laughs> you deserve it. Right? God deserves the glory, but there are some things that God has given you. And to let me do. say that you deserve, you deserve it is it. the millennials' total praise. Now, now in the living room with that. Because <laughs> that thing had us in a choke hole. Didn't it? That's when Mary had a little lamb. Ooh, that thing. Ooh, that's it. Listen, that's on that's Joseph's stepson. Listen, I can still put it on. You play it right man. now, and it's going to still hit. And that wasn't J.J. Harrison. That was Anthony Brown. No, you deserve it. No, uh, worth is worth Anthony, is Anthony Brown. Brown. You deserve, you deserve it. J.J. Harrison, Harrison with um, Bishop. Well, let me um, take that back. Cortez worth Hall. is the millennials' total praise. Oh yeah, <laughs> worth. You just finished. I was, turning get, off. I was getting the songs mixed up. Yes. Listen, worth. you just finished watching something on TV that you shouldn't be watching, and you was doing things with you your hands. What be doing? Oh my god. Pockets of joy. Pockets of joy. Because we just had a moment and we going left. Pockets of joy, Brian. Pockets of joy. All right, this is the, this is the living room. Let's go over to the pockets of joy. You couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, you could never, ever bring me down. Couldn't do it then. Couldn't. All right, we are here at uh, a segment we call Pockets of Joy. It used to be called uh, Black Person Self Care. Um, this is where we kind of talk about what we plan on doing or some things we are currently doing oh, yes. to intentionally to intentionally uh, bring us joy in our lives. So, Josh, what are you intentionally doing to uh, bring yourself joy? Um, I think I said it last week because, excuse me, as we were recording, Asha was dealing with the possibility of transition. Mm-hmm. And because that has happened, um, doing, thing that, doing things with our family that brings us joy. Um, I think I said initially she was supposed to go out of town. I, I'm leaving a little bit after them because of some some really exciting opportunities that I have. The pinky cold thing that I have mm-hmm. going on another is next week. Proud of um, another thing that I'm very proud of. Um, so I'm leaving a couple of days after them. But anyway, initially she was leaving Friday. Now she's leaving Sunday. So taking this weekend to just be, spend time with my family, and that doesn't yeah. mean spending a lot of money, but doing just things that bring us joy. Like, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, whether it's why having family movie night, which we love, um, doing wings. Asha loves bar taco. So, mm-hmm. you know, going to bar taco, sacrificing, driving to the city, just eat some bar taco. Um, but that kind of stuff I know brings us joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be tapping into that, especially during times of grief. I think it's mm-hmm. really important. Again, I'm saying it again, to be intentional around finding joy and how do we celebrate life while I'm reflecting on a life that was just lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so being really in tune with that space is how I'm going to bring myself and help curate that for my family as well. Um, I'm taking the day off uh, and I'm definitely wearing my radiate black joy shirt. So I'm definitely wanting to do that. Okay. Um, Sunday, uh, I will most likely um, find something to do as a family. Like you said, uh, I'm definitely to going to church. It's, oh, okay. it's actually HBCU and find something to do. Greek Sunday. So. Okay. I'm I'm wearing the letters. Okay, where I'm wearing the friend? letters in in Jesus' name. Um, <laughs> in Jesus' name, um, so I'm gonna do that after the church. We're gonna do some things as a family. I might cook. I enjoy cooking. Mm. Uh, that really cooking brings me joy. It does um, cooking, putting music on, and cooking brings me hella joy in an like, empty kitchen. Just leave me alone. Just me. <laughs> I don't need no. Yep. I don't need a sous chef. Nothing. Nothing. That. Putting on music. 
to where I can hear and I can just zone out, cook food in a, in a kitchen, that brings me joy. And then giving it to my family, them enjoying it. Watching them um, eat it and love it. Yeah, yeah. watch them eat it and love it. That brings me joy. So that's what I'm planning on doing this weekend. And I probably might take some more time off next week. I don't really want to be at work right now. So um, that's just pretty much it. Anything else before we go to the uh, P.O. Box, I guess? Nope. Let's go see what Rodney Jenkins brought us. All right. Let's see. All right, good folks. We are at the post office box, and Rodney Jenkins did what he always does, and it's bring us our letter on time inside the post office box. But before we get there, we want to let you know that you too possibly can be featured on the show by writing in to ask the jigsaw. That is ask the jigsaw at gmail.com. We will do a few things. We will possibly read your letter out loud. We will give you a pseudonym um, to protect your pro- protect your privacy and honor your pronouns, and then we're going to give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can receive on Cicely Tice's internet. So, with that being said, understood and accepted, Brian, who do we have and what do they want? All right. Uh, pronouns. He, him. Righty. Um, Garrett Morgan. Garrett Morgan. Great name. <laughs> I told you I was black. going all black, strong, black all historic black. names this month. The nigga made the um, light switch or something, yeah, and, right? Yeah. The, the, the gas mask. The traffic light. Yeah. <laughs> and the, like, and, like, yeah. And the gas mask. <laughs> Nigga said the light switch. <laughs> you know, you know, that's that, that's that Pomona Black History lesson. <laughs> All right. So Garrett Morgan. Yes. Um, not Garrett Morris, the nigga that was on. Yeah, not not, and, not not um not Jamie Foxx's uncle. <laughs> uncle. Uncle King was his name? Uh Junior King. <laughs> Junior King. Yeah. Uh Uncle Junior. Um uh Garrett Mor- Morgan writes. Hey guys, in the spirit of choosing joy, as you have the last few weeks, I thought I would ask a non-controversial question. This one is for Black History Month. If you could live in any other time period than the one you were born in, which era would it be and why? Love the show and appreciate you boys for all that you do. Garrett Morgan. Oh, if I just had to pick one, Lord. This is tough. Because everything is in the pack. Can I go forward? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Can we black, brother? Right. We black man of God. That's not too um, many options. It ain't too many. But I will say, <laughs> based an era that I love reading about and learning more about is the is the Roaring Twenties. So if I can mm. be in that Harlem Renaissance with the in the cotton club with the elephant yeah, and, and in Harlem and all that. Then yes, put me in my suit every day. <laughs> my pinstripe suit. <laughs> Them niggas wear suits every day to go to the grocery yeah. store. Um yeah, but yeah, if I could be in the ranks with, you know, Madam C.J. Walker's like balling out mm-hmm. in the 20s and just being right. unapologetically black and making all the whites tremble in fear and trepidation, mm-hmm. then yes, put me there. Yeah. Understanding that I still would deal with some certain things, but I think that mm-hmm. is one era in us in that particular space <laughs> yeah. that I would have um, likely enjoyed living in. That would have meant, though, I probably would have been a... A sharecrop or something because they was and if you grown in the twenties, Reverend, I mean you was born at the at the top of the nineteen hundreds or maybe the yeah. late eighteen hundreds. Right. So it's a very particular time, but but yeah, for sure. Definitely the roaring twenties. Yeah. yeah. Other than the twenties and like being in Harlem at that time when like they were literally changing the world. The only other opportunity at that point is like in the sixties, like when it was like the height of freaking civil rights movement. You know what I mean? Like and Brian, I feel like you would have been on the front lines, man of God. You would have <laughs> Listen, Black Panthers, we had SNCC, we got, you know, Malcolm X. We got, there's so many opportunities to be in the midst of just greatness. You know what yeah. I'm saying? 
Um, so yeah, that would other than that, like what's in the seventies, what's in the eighties, like I would you know what? I would think about it this way. I would have I wouldn't mind experiencing what it was like being an adult in the nineties. Freak Nick. Yeah, I wouldn't my mm-hmm. mind wasn't quite there, but I'm <laughs> I'm thinking about, but, but I'm just thinking like you know how we love the '90s. We talk about all the music and stuff like that. that. Like That's true, like being twenty something in '93 when all that great music came out, right? Yeah, like different. I didn't living, think about that. I didn't think about being grown, like being grown in the, in the '90s, 90s. Yes. or at least like the eighteen, nineteen. You know what I'm saying? Like emerging adulthood and navigating the '90s as an adult or free thinking adult. It's different. Cause think about that in the '90s. And unless you know the you know the, the crime bill that was tough, right? yeah. Um, but as long as you're not in in engaged in crime, drug traffic or anything like that, the like 90s excellence was, was an all time high. It was, was just high. Black culture was high. Music yeah. was amazing. Um, the country was doing well financially, right? Um, yeah, I can I can see that. I can see and, that. And imagine being in Atlanta in the early nineties. Sheesh. Oh, that would have been a. Man, have been something. Mm. Um, okay, I may may not want to be an adult in the nineties in California. There was a lot of police brutality. Oh yeah, they was beating up Rodney. They, they was beating them niggas. Mm-hmm. OJ OJ made them mad because he killed that white yeah. woman. That early <laughs> that early nineties in California was something else. Um, but you had but NWA. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you, you had that. You had them. You had them running. You had you, you had death row. Gang gang culture was heavy. Yeah, gang it was culture. heavy in the early nineties. Jesus, Listen. I don't want to, I, I would want to be like in Atlanta or something like that. Like I wouldn't want to be in LA in, South got as a nineteen year old. Listen, I'll be here. South Listen, got and, something to and, say. And, and and think about Atlanta in the, the in the nineties, my nigga. It wasn't it wasn't Atlanta today. Mm-hmm. It was it was still growing and it building. It was an emerging city. Yeah, mm-hmm. music was it found its its voice in Atlanta. You know, you can buy stuff in Atlanta. So. Give me either the '60s, you know, during the civil rights movement, marching and stuff like that, or to your point, great point, uh, early '90s as an adult in Atlanta yeah. at Freak Nick with somebody's <laughs> mama. Please put this man at Freak Nick with a camcorder <laughs> and Uncle Luke singing "Knocking the Boots." My cross, to somebody, my cross to somebody Listen, "Knocking the Boots" is out. Like, can you imagine, nigga, being on a date, going back home, putting in your cassette tape of Jodeci. But you gotta make sure it's already rewound. Yeah. Because if it's at the end, you're gonna have to stop and flip it. <laughs> Cause they didn't oh, have the fans it? and cassette tapes that's gonna flip it for you yet. <laughs> you have to flip they it just, yourself. There's six disc CD changers uh become a thing. But just think about that though. The advancement of you having to flip the own tape to where the mm-hmm. boom box then just flipped it for flipped you. It by itself. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's so amazing how technology just like we're gonna we gonna go from this to this to a CD. To multiple CDs, mm-hmm. <laughs> to like to MP3 now, players, MP3 players, yeah. To now digital now downloads and everything's phone. on and our now, phone. And now we're back to vinyl. Look how the world is. Back to vinyl. Back Nothing to like vinyl. It. Back to vinyl. I might go buy it for some vinyl tomorrow. My God! Oh, Target has a limited edition trans. Is it not translucent? Translucent. Red version of Earth, Wind, and Fire's album for Black History Month. It's a special edition one. Okay, I might go pick that up. Go pick it. Tar- I didn't get it, but I might go get it tomorrow because the Target out here only had one left. So I feel like I need to go get it before because it literally says special edition 
and it's like a uh, red translucent. I need to listen to September on vinyl, and it's on that. That is that album with September and all of that on that. Is that album? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sign so me up head, just FYI. Yep. Um. All right. So great conversation. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, we're here at a greater conversation where Josh and I get some things off of our chest. I say it all the time. Tomorrow's not promised. Cuss them niggas out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, what is something that you would want to get off of your chest? You niggas hate no Rihanna. Let me just pick mm-hmm. right back up where I started. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I am not in the Navy. I'm not a huge Rihanna fan. I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever listened to one of her albums from start to finish ever. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate Rihanna, what she's done for culture. I really like her music, at least the hits anyway. And Super Bowl mm-hmm. kind of proved that I know much more Rihanna music than I thought I did. My issue was that people who were kind of in, in an unintentional way siding with Donald Trump, talking mm-hmm. about her performance. First of all, I've seen Rihanna perform, never in concert, but in other award shows. And what she did at the Super Bowl was not wildly different than what she's ever done. Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's, just, let's just start there. <laughs> she isn't going to give you the full Beyonce dancing experience. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. She's not that level of an entertainer. It doesn't mean that she can't do it. Mm-hmm. She just has never given us all of it. Has she danced with more like vigor and enthusiasm before? Absolutely. But the woman is clearly pregnant. And before mm-hmm. she even announced it, I can't, I, I kid you not, Brian, me and Keisha and Ashley were sitting there and watching it. I said, I said, Rihanna's given us very much maternal energy. And I hadn't even <laughs> noticed her belly yet. I said, she's very mm-hmm. much given us. I just had this baby. It's my first performance. Y'all will get what y'all going to get, right? right. And, but I was still enjoying it because we was going down memory lane. And then mm-hmm. when it finally like zoomed in on her belly a little bit more, I was like, well, that's because woman of God is pregnant. That's the energy I'm picking <laughs> up. Um, and to your point, like, con- like, I think outside of the circumstances of her being pregnant and not have performed for seven, over seven years, it was still, a to me, a really good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Rihanna is one of those artists to where, kind of like Beyonce, in the sense that you you probably could have features, but you don't need them. Oh, she no, didn't no. need to bring anybody out. <clears throat> and I think the, one of the reasons why she didn't do it was because the world has gone so long without Rihanna that it's like, mm-hmm. that was, to me, that was almost an ode to her Navy. I'm going to give you all of me for 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you yep. think about like the creativity <clears throat> of her set, the flying state, like that, that not for nothing. It's a certain level of talent to be flying up in the air like that while mm-hmm. pregnant, mm-hmm. doing certain levels of dance moves to her background dancers and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm just really, and then my other piece I'm irritated with are you niggas who try to pit black women against each other to say, mm-hmm. oh, like the Stephen A. Smith, well, she ain't no Beyonce. No, she's not Beyonce. And Nobody why do Beyonce. we consistently try to, you know, compare black women to other, like, what Rihanna's going to give you is not what Beyonce is going to give you, which would have been very different if Ari Lennox did the Super Bowl, which would be different mm-hmm. if Mariah Carey did the Super Bowl. Like, right. let's imagine Mariah Carey had all her vocal cords still intact. A performance from Mariah Carey would still not be given what even a J-Lo and Shakira gave you. Because Mariah right. ain't a dancer. Not she was going to stand in one spot, walk from side to side, have some folk mm-hmm. carry her on the couch. Like yep. She was going to be very Mariah. But because yep. we know that to be Mariah, then what would have happened? We would have accepted it. We would have been known. Like, I feel like for certain people, we continue to push goalposts back. Yep. In terms of what they can achieve, how excellent they are. And then because they have attained a certain level of excellence, we try to compare mm-hmm. them 
in certain levels, like even when it comes like across the board, like the same niggas who probably thought Rihanna's performance was boring were the same niggas who thought Lil Baby killed it at the Grammys on the 50th anniversary celebration. <laughs> and I love Dumb Socially Dumb. awkward. I love yeah. him, but that nigga stood in one spot and sang one of mm-hmm. the most, the least engaging songs that he has. Like, mm-hmm. the, he's like not that, a song, that song is popular. But niggas literally stand to their freestyle and act like it's their national. They literally stand in place. And you decided <laughs> to sing that one? You can sing Trip Too Hard, Don't Stand Too Close. Like, you didn't even give us one of your other bop bops. But so the niggas who probably thought that was an amazing performance are the same ones complaining mm-hmm. about Rihanna. Um, the right. people who go up for F, uh, F Nigga Free are the same ones talking mm-hmm. about Rihanna. I can't even understand what Glorilla's saying half the time. Right. And I love Glory. <laughs> I love Glory Hallelujah. She's from my city. But my point yes, is, is, is that. That girl's real name is Glory. Hallelujah. But, <laughs> but my point of even bringing her up is that what what Glow did was different than Lil Baby, was different from LL Cool J, was different from all these other people. Like We saw the range of artistry in the 50th right. year anniversary, and it didn't take away from the excellence of any of them. At the same time, we 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 decided to criticize Rihanna when most of us can couldn't even perform our Easter speeches in a small storefront right. church. So I'm just really trying to figure out <laughs> really trying to figure out the ways in which you wanted her to perform when many of us, if we stub our toe, can't even mm-hmm. walk a straight line, but yet you expect this four month pregnant woman, allegedly, mm-hmm. I don't know what her timing is, to be doing backflips and stuff on, on a stage. Like she gave us an amazing performance, and I think that mm-hmm. again, the the backlash to her performance is a consistent showing of how we really do not live out these words of supporting and protecting black women. Because mm-hmm. if we did, a lot of these conversations would not exist. To say maybe you wanted more, but I get it because she's pregnant, is a fair thing to say. Yeah. But to to like literally call it out with like boring and all this other kind of stuff, I think is unfounded, and mm-hmm. we really need to rethink the ways in which. We critiqued it because I really feel like it's rooted in something. It's rooted in some misogyny that doesn't mm-hmm. need to exist. And that's for yeah. you. That's for all you niggas. All you dicks. I'm you deserve that, that read. How you deserve that, that read. <laughs> um, even more context. She's a beautiful black yes. billionaire mother who the Super Bowl. You don't get paid to do the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. She did it for free. For free. Y'all niggas is welcome. Y'all welcome. <laughs> Y'all niggas. Because she, she could remain in her hiatus and be like, no. <laughs> Y'all are welcome. Thank you, Rihanna. Uh, I, and my respect level for Rihanna has grown tremendously after the Super Bowl. Um, you have a catalog and you are absolutely amazing. So I do support black women. Um, my quick thing is we Idris Elba, nigga, you're black. Like all this, stop calling yourself black actors and stuff like that. Nigga, you're black. Oh, Morgan Freeman said that years ago too, and it just you're, you're black. You are black, regardless of what you want to call yourself. You're gonna be in black movies. You're gonna be a black actor because you're black, my nigga. And you're an amazing actor. You're an amazing actor. You're gonna get. You're you're gonna get. When people write roles, they write Idris Elba's type. Idris Elba type. You don't have to worry about roles, my nigga. Like. Yes. You're black. They're gonna yes. look for a, a a handsome black man named Idris Elba. You're you're not being held back because calling yourself a black actor. Not one bit. <laughs> you're not. You're literally not. You're in a category of, and I'm not putting him in the same level of Denzel, but you're in a category where people write roles and scripts, or they'll call you and be like, "Hey, Idris, I see you being in this part, right?" Nigga, that's who you are. You're not being held back for being called a black actor. 
just the same way that Mike Epps isn't being held back from being a black actor. Mike Epps is just Mike Epps. He's just Mike Epps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and if they want the funny, you know, uncle type character, that's who they call it. Right. Because being called a that. black actor is is not is not holding anybody back. Calling something a black movie is not holding anything back, right? It is what it is. This nigga Will Packer makes black movies with black artists and them them joints bang. You know what I'm saying? Every time. All black cast. Like it's okay, it's okay. Embrace the black and then on top of that, what you're doing is you alienate the people who really ride for you. The niggas that was watching Daddy's Little Girls is black. That watch Tyler Perry movies. The one that put you on before you got all these other big roles. You was in during a Tyler Perry movie, my nigga. Let's let's be honest. You were a mechanic in a Tyler Perry movie. A black movie. Tyler Perry don't shy from being making black movie and black television. And that black man, that black billionaire, gave you that black role in that black movie in a black city of Atlanta and put you on that black screen. Like Yes, he did. And like, that movie is played every Father's Day on the Black Entertainment <laughs> Television Network. <laughs> like, like, stop it. Yeah. You were in a white TV show, at, but it was a black TV show with The Wire. Like, you, nigga, you, you black, bro. Like, let's, like, stop it. Like, I, I really hate to embrace your blackness. It is what it is. It's never yeah. going to change. Yeah, like, I, I get the sentiment, you know, to add on to that rant. I get the sentiment that y'all try to have when y'all say stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I've said this in my to my DEI trainings. If I eliminate my blackness in the conversation, I've eliminated part of who I am. So it's, right. it's almost like that when people say, well, I don't see color, then you don't see me. Because right. being a black man is very much a part of, it is very much Josh. Right. right? So when you say, well, I'm not a black actor, yes, you are. Nigga. Like, if, if you choose not to like play into some of the racial tropes, you don't have to call yourself a black actor, but it doesn't reduce the fact that you are right you just you are a black actor yeah that's it It, like case in point black panther is a marvel movie we know this right it's a marvel movie it's a mainstream movie then the cast is predominantly black most of them yeah it's a black movie it's still a black black marvel movie when they put it on disney What category they put that? It's, it's down there in the in, in in the freedom section, <laughs> in the black voice. It's black, whatever black it's called, black, whatever it's called. Right? And, and literally, it was it was it was one of their highest grossing movies of all time. The first ever Marvel character <laughs> to get nominated for an Oscar is from the black movie. Ember, she's a black actress. <laughs> Viola's a black actress. Like these are black. I never heard Denzel say, I, "I'm not a black actor." And they never held Denzel back. So that's that's just my, like, just stop it. Like, in, embrace being black. It's not holding anybody back. Yep. You know. That's that. All right. Well, if that is all, with that being said, understood and accepted, this has been another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast, your favorite podcast. We want to thank you so much. This has been a great Black History Month. In all transparency, yeah. Brian, I've had to pivot a little bit this month. But... Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, we persist. Resilience is what black people master in. 
That's what, that's we, what do. we do. We get we got PhDs in it, and we would not let it stop us. So, with that being said, we want to thank you for hanging in there with us and rocking with us um, as we go through Black History Month. And I think we got one more Thursday in Black History Month. We do. Before we, we close have it one out. more. Um, if God says the same, we got Ooh. one more. Yes. If he delay is coming, we got one more, and we're gonna plan to give y'all something extra black next week. So until then, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you, and we could not do it without you, Brian. Uh, again, as always, we appreciate you. Continue to listen. Um, follow us on all the social medias. Uh, I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare of the Jigsaw Podcast. Engage, right? Engage on all the social media posts that we do have. Check out the stories. Shouts out to our team, Chris and Jasmine. We appreciate everything that you do. Uh, if you see any questions or anything on there, please engage, please engage, please engage. Um, if you see anything that you want us to talk about, let us know. Hit us up on the DM. We will reply. Um, or at least acknowledge that we received it, right? Um, five stars is nothing at all. Leave comments on the podcast. We're on every single platform at every platform you can think of. Share it with somebody. Um, literally, anytime anybody hears our podcast, they instantly love it. Uh, so the more people you share this podcast, which I'm sure if they hear one or two episodes, they will fall in love just like you did. And we do appreciate your support. We will be great without you we're already great without you but we're even better with you uh so we do thank you puzzle pieces and before we head out josh let the people know what they need to do all you need to do is what you can while you can in the very best ways that you can but in all of your doing please 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 do not get caught with your work undone that's a wrap y'all see y'all next week right. peace